0: Wednesday, June the 10th, 2020 Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast We have a lot to discuss today Latest in the MLB new proposals They've been going back and forth from the players to the owners What's the newest? We're going to get into it Quick results from UFC 250 We're down to the Elite Eight and the best football movies We're going to go through those real quick and set them up Before we vote on that Elite Eight later this week Horse Racing We got news with Ryan Dickey from Horse Racing Nation We're going to recap all of the big stakes From last weekend From Churchill Downs From Belmont From Santa Anita We talk about some of the news Where horses are pointed Recap a lot of those big races Then we get into the handicapping Golfstream Couple plays for Wednesday Canterbury Park They have a 10% pick 5 10% 10% takeout pick 5 That's the lowest in horse racing If any of the wagers 10% We're getting more of our money back I'm going to make sure we take a, a look at that Canterbury pick 5 a lot Here on That's What She Said It's just it's going to be worth it We're going to always get paid back more of our money It makes sense to give them a little bit of support And then we'll get into Thursday We have Barry Spears joining us to handicap the Thursday card for Belmont I'm going to go through my plays for Churchill Thursday We recap with an NXT in your house review. We better get going. A busy, busy episode of That's What G said. Okay, so for for baseball. We've we've seen some back and forths, right? We've seen 114 games. And then we've seen they went from 50 to 114 to 76. And then the most recent offer or the most recent proposal as of, you know, right before a couple hours before I'm recording this, which is, you know, really right as the clocks turn to uh, to Wednesday, June the 10th. So the the players they're 100% set on their full pro rated salaries that is they not what from what Jeff Passon says not the you know one of the issues and one of the biggest issues that is the biggest issue that's it they so the players association proposed an 89 game season with an expanded playoff which is likely going to get shot down and come back because the key is here the owners don't want to go too far into the second half of the year with um perhaps a second wave of, of, of the virus coming back so the key Let's go through this uh, This Jeff Passan article And there's also a Bob Nightingale article We can get through some of the key points here So Major League Player Association Proposal to MLB with Season of 89 games, full prorated Share of salary and expanded playoffs It will bring the sides closer together Because it's 25 games fewer than the Union's most recent proposal of 114 Games at full prorata. So um, It's out of concern for the Players' health regular season past september 27th won't happen is what a source has told uh carl ravage there's a window of playing time between 60 and 70 regular season games but pay still remains an issue so monday there was a 76 game season proposed that would cover up to 75 percent of the players prorated salaries now the players are going to offer are going to counter that with an 89 game season that um the proposal would start on July 10th and on October 11th, and it would expand the postseason to 16 teams, eight in each league for 2020 and 2021. And it would be the players sharing in a pool of uh, at least 50 million in the playoffs if the playoffs are played without fans. It also includes opt-out rights for all players, players who are high-risk or reside with high-risk individual um, they're entitled to full service salary, even in the event that they opt out. Players with no high risk concerns may opt out, but without service or salary. Um, yeah, the you know that's that's the gist of it, and that was the the Jeff Pass and stuff. Now, um, Bob Nightingale had a a couple different things to discuss. He mentions that the commissioner may have to just make a decision and force the players into a shortened season that they don't want. It says uh, Major League Baseball Commissioner Manfred may have no choice but to implement a shortened season of at least 50 games uh, without the player union's approval if the two sides can't reach an agreement within a week. This is what uh, Major League Executives told USA Today Sports. The executive uh, requested anonymity. Um, players, this, and this was after the Players Association um, rejected the proposal, and then countered with the 89 game schedule. So this was, you know, also very recent, just after and right in the the same time frame with the uh, the Jeff Pass and stuff. I was just reading through. It says that MLB is going to reject the union's proposal with the players refusing to accept a pay cut from their prorated salaries. That's what the owners want. Um, One executive said if we don't get an agreement real soon This is going to be ugly The fear without an agreement Between the two sides is that several of the game's Biggest stars may decide to simply sit out the season Believing it's not worth the health risk While receiving only about 33% Of their annual salary One owner said he's been informed That several of his players Indicated they wouldn't play this year Under those conditions forfeiting their salary To the season while not receiving service time yeah, this this is yeah. So I guess this is like different from what Jeff thought, and, and some of the other things I was reading, which seemed like it was more positive. But this one, you know, Bob Bob seems a little more negative from some of the sources that he has. Um, we will, you know, we'll continue to monitor uh, all of this, and hopefully, you know, they can get things done soon, and it doesn't have to be something, you know, we can hit, we can get right in that in that sweet spot around eighty games or so. So baseball News You're going to hear about everything that happens here On That's What G Said We did preview the UFC Last week I just want to mention a couple things From UFC 250 that stood out We saw uh, Amanda Nunez Was uh, impressive Again defeating Felicia Spencer And, and the, the question that I, I've seen a lot of people ask is like, who, who is next for someone Who's been so dominant in multiple divisions um, There was one mention of Chevchenko. Uh, but Dana White said that was not um something that was in his near future or something that he was looking into. So who knows what's going to be next for uh the uh the two division champ now who defended that title and is, you know, one of the all-time greats in UFC Cody Garbrandt was impressive. He beat uh, a Soon Um, And Sterling was very impressive Defeating Sanhagen O'Malley also impressive winning too So I guess uh, Sterling Looks like he's going to get a title shot Next But it was good to see Cody Garbrandt back All in all Pretty good night of fights And uh, some strong results As far as um, You know Top kind of contenders in moving forward into, in some of their divisions A lot of the big sports are getting ready to make their return We're talking about everything happening in baseball uh, The NBA is uh, is coming back soon And some sports are actually up and running right now And one of them is golf They have a, a big tournament coming up starting later this week You can get involved and play fantasy at Thrive fantasy.com. Make sure to download that Thrive Fantasy app Or use the website ThriveFantasy.com When you get involved there If you deposit $10 Use the promo code GINO You'll get an instant $10 bonus right away If you're someone who likes to play Fantasy sports or who likes to, to Bet props this is a, a, a site and uh, an app That I think you really enjoy So for example this Thursday They have a $25 PGA contest With $3,000 guaranteed prize Go give it a look Check it out um, You're going to be selecting things like um, Total strokes for Rory McIlroy Over or under 66.5 um, You're going to be te- uh, looking at uh, John Rahm is going to be over or under a uh, Half of an eagle uh, Justin Thomas, uh, 4.5 birdies Over or under And you're going to be able to select the lineup Going through all of these different prop bets For all of these different golfers They've been open uh, on Thrive with League of Legends and then when you know NBA gets back, when baseball gets back When football starts rolling, you're going to have Contests for all of those different sports Go give it a look if you're interested in League of Legends If you're interested in golf, you can play right now and If you're someone who likes Fantasy sports, just go check it out Download it, deposit that 10 get And use the promo code GINO You'll get that $10 bonus so that way you'll be loaded up And ready to go when uh, all all the major sports come back. We know NBA will be back at the end of July, hopefully baseball following suit, and then the NFL right after that. So, Thrive Fantasy, check out the app, use that promo code GINO when you sign up and then deposit 10 bucks, anything over 10 and you'll get that uh, instant $10 bonus right back. Give it a look. ThriveFantasy.com. So, we are down to the elite 8 of the best Football movies for the that's what G said podcast best football Movies bracket started with 64 we're down to 8 Let's talk about the 8 that have made The uh, elite 8 and let's get into them a a Little bit I'm going to try to sell you on uh, On them a bit I'll just kind of set them Up for you but remember I can't vote on any of these This is all up to you So make sure to follow On Twitter It's me Gino B That's where you can do All the voting For this Remember the Titans Defeated the Comebacks Gridiron Gang Draft Day And it will now be In the Elite Eight Against Friday Night Lights Friday Night Lights Who defeated Father was a fullback the uh, longest yard. And then we are Marshall, Friday Night Lights in the Elite Eight. Varsity Blues defeated 23 Blast, two for the money, the replacements. And now Varsity Blues will face Necessary Roughness, who was kind of a, a dark horse who defeated uh, Triumph of the Heart and then beat the blind side in an upset, beat the program in what you would probably consider an upset. Now Necessary Roughness versus Varsity Blues. We have Brian Song. Versus Jerry Maguire Brian Song got by Woodlong The new Longest Yard And then Everybody's All-American One of the easier road to the Elite Eight Jerry Maguire got by Newt Rockney All-American The Freshman And then Little Giants We have The Waterboy Who was another uh, Kind of a dark horse one The Waterboy uh, His road to the final or to the elite 8 was through all things fall apart the express and and then the waterboy beat north dallas 40 and then rudy after a tight victory over any given sunday um, rudy is in the elite 8 prior to that rudy beat radio and the quarterback so using the uh, the internet webs the internet you guys know about the internet the 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 site Rotten Tomatoes which ranks the Movies and kind of gives them a score Based on The Audience score and then some of their uh, Rankings and ratings uh, From critic reviews So the first one was Remember the Titans which got 93% on the audience score And 73% on the tomato meter And Remember the Titans is I had it Tentatively ranked number one um, when I when I put this all together, you got Denzel Washington. And this was, is was a, a movie based on events that took place in 1971. The white Southern high school integrating with black students from a nearby school. Both schools recognized for their football programs, and they unified. And uh, the black coach was chosen to be the head coach of the integrated team. Um, and it leave the pre- left the previous white coach uh, with feelings of animosity. He had to be the assistant coach, and so there were um, tons of. Racial issues going on It's a great football movie as well I'm sure a lot of you have seen it If you haven't, awesome, awesome movie To to go check out Remember the Titans, uh, one of the better football movies You will see in what was a, a loaded bracket Friday Night Lights One that I just watched To be honest, I prefer the TV show More than I do uh, the movie The movie is is, is good though um, it's, it's just very um, It's I don't know I I I don't I just didn't get I don't get into any of the the characters necessarily all that much it's uh the the story of Friday Night Lights is it's the 1988 season of Permian High Panthers of Odessa Texas and so you know you're you're seeing a lot of their their families and their backstories with some of the players and the coach and uh it's a town that's, you know, one of those towns in Texas that's just a complete football town that's built around it, and it's their journey to the state championship, and then early on, you know, we, we are introduced to Booby Miles, who's, uh, you know, someone who's going to be a, a star, and we have, you know, spoiler alert here, we, you know, Booby gets hurt, and it's the like uh, we see in a lot of these football movies, when one of the better players gets hurt, and you know, they happen to remember the Titans, the quarterback gets hurt, and then Sunshine's got to step up. Happens in Friday Night Lights. Booby Miles get hurt, and uh, you know they need more from their quarterback and, and more of like a team effort all around. And the next movie that we see it happening in is a uh, so in, in Friday Night Lights, they got an eighty-one on Rotten Tomatoes with a tomato meter and an eighty-five audience score. So pretty pretty solid there. Um, for Friday Night Lights, Varsity Blues wasn't quite as popular. Just a forty-one percent from the critics, seventy-six uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes from the audience. And this is a uh, another you know Texas-based football movie. This one's a little more, a little more comedic. The, you know, the review, a lot of the reviews, you know, looking back at them aren't great, but I, I love this movie. Thirty-fifth uh, years head coach Bud Kilmer, John Voigt, trying to win his uh, to. Lead his West Canaan Coyotes to their twenty third division title, and um, he's you know kind of older, but he, he's kind of losing touch with a lot of his players, and and then his star quarterback Lance Harbor, who's played by Paul Walker, suffers an injury, and uh, their backup quarterbacks got to step up, and that's who Jonathan Moxon, James Vanderbeek. I like this. This is fun. Um, it's it, you know it's a little more of a, a silly. Movie, it's not as serious of an approach, but um, it's yeah. Give give a uh, give Varsity Blues a look. It's 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 interesting. It's drawn in a in a good spot with a major opportunity to win, uh, where it's going to be locked up with, you know, the the parody movie Necessary Roughness, who is uh, you know, about the thirty something quarterback who is asked to come back and uh, and play he's got college eligibility still for a texas state team that was just a a program that got caught with all sorts of um, recruiting sanctions and was just like a horribly dirty program so they had to scrap their program and completely rebuild it and they bring in this band of misfits it's a lot of fun rob schneider is the the play by play man on the commentary too? Um, they have a, a girl kicker on here. Jason Bateman's in a early role. Sinbad's in it, and uh, Scott Bakula is the you know the the quarterback that ends up coming back. The the thirty something. It, it's fun. So it's a lot of fun, and it uh, it made a a nice little run here into the elite eight, and it's going to hook up with Varsity Blues soon. Other side of the bracket, the the TV movie. Back in nineteen what seventy, it was the the ABC um, family movie of the week, I believe. Brian Song, which uh, gave really great performances from Jimmy Conn and Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian. It is the memoirs of uh, Gail Sayers. Talking about his friendship with uh, Brian Piccolo Who ended up losing his life to cancer Really sad movie Really good movie And when you talk about Football movies this is one that Or just sports movies in general This is always on the short list Uh, Wouldn't be surprised to see this one win two more And then uh, make it's way right into the finals So Brian Song will be facing Jerry Maguire Who many folks have said Okay this isn't really even a football movie It's more of a movie about a you know Jerry Maguire who's who's a sports Agent but Cuba Gooding Junior did win uh, What an academy award for best supporting Actor in here it's a really Good movie it's all about a lot About a sports agent and The business and this man in this Business and what it's done and, and he, You know him coming to terms with Himself in the business To me it's it's enough of a football movie to count. We made when I was making some cuts. There were a few others that didn't make the the list, but I think Jerry Maguire still felt enough to get in, and uh, people have uh, have continued to vote it in as uh, Jerry Maguire in the Elite Eight. I th- I'm I'm pretty sure this is where Jerry's run's going to come to an end uh, when it running runs into Brian Song. And the last matchup in the Elite Eight, the Waterboy versus Rudy. So the Water Boy, Adam Sandler made it this far, Bobby freaking Boucher, who was made fun of, humiliated as the water boy, and then one day he just snapped and uh, they realized this guy had all this un uh, um this unharnessed anger that he was able to to focus into his football game and he turned uh, the team around. It's funny, it's goofy. You know what, it's it's one of my my favorite Sandler movies. It's got um it's just got a good a good Kind of story to it and it's The water boy H2O Gatorade's better No water's better Rudy Is the final Of the elite 8 For the that's what G said football Movies podcast Rudy got a 90 From the audience and a 78% On the tomato meter From the critics This is another one you know that everybody talks about as a, a great sports movie Some people have issues with it Because it's not maybe as accurate As a, some would come to believe I mean that's the case with a lot of these movies right? Ones that people f- still say are based on a true story Aren't you know, exactly based on a true story This is about Rudy Rudinger Who is, has idolized Notre Dame This has been his dream to play football for them But he's just too small There's no way he's ever going to be Actually a football player for Notre Dame but he ends up uh, you know, making it, walking on, and you know, being part of the practice squad. And uh, they actually let him. You know, the team makes a you know makes a statement. They want him to to suit up for the final game. Rudy, I'm sure most of you have seen it. It is going to probably be pretty tough for the Waterboy to beat here. And that's what G said. Best football movies podcast uh, bracket. Just to remind you again, for best baseball, Major League was the winner. For best soccer movies Bend It Like Beckham was the winner For best hockey movies it was Slapshot For best horse racing it was Let It Ride Best basketball it was Hoosiers Best golf it was Caddyshack And for best wrestling it was The Wrestler We are now going to Transition And for a while we will be talking Some horse racing First up it's going to be All of the horse racing news We're going to recap A couple of the stakes races from Churchill Downs We're going to recap some of the stakes races From Belmont And we're going to recap some of the stakes races from Santa Anita Ryan Dickey from Horse Racing Nation Joins me We have a a nice conversation about a lot of really good horses Who ran last weekend Recap those races Talk about some of their plans moving forward It's a ton of horse racing news Coming up next on That's What G Said it's been uh, a fun couple weeks, on that's what G said because I've been I've been able to get in some guests, some new guests that I have not ever had on the show before, and uh, a couple of them that I've never actually talked to before. But th- my favorite first time guests are ones like this that uh, that is coming up with with Ryan Dickey because th- this is uh, a guest who I've spoke to, you know, on. Twitter and back and forth many times over uh, I don't know, at least the last couple of years And someone I've been looking forward to, to talking to uh, once And and now someone who has definitely been moving on up in the the world of horse racing Does a great job uh, with news and covering stuff for Horse Racing Nation, HR Nation And we're going to talk to him right now That is Ryan Dickey How you doing, buddy? I am doing very well And I just want to start off by thanking you
1: very much for having me on
0: Man, I'm looking forward to it uh, It's been a while, it's always fun When we have someone that we, you know, we've gone back and forth many times uh, Through the years uh, on Twitter Talking racing or commenting on things here and there And uh, it's, it's good to be able to kind of sit back And have a, a racing conversation And we'll have a good racing conversation Because it felt like this Past weekend was like the real First big weekend back Where we had all these Different tracks with a couple different graded stakes Races and big horses showing Up all over the country we're going to get To all that in a minute but first before We get there who the hell are you Let's introduce you let's introduce (laughs) you to the uh, To the the folks out there so the folks out Here that there that don't know you how It's always great because you know I I Love talking to people how do you get into Horse racing is such an interesting Question because horse racing isn't like you know, just baseball, basketball, football That you, you're playing growing up And a lot of people just get into those major More mainstream sports Horse racing is more of a niche And it's always interesting to see someone's journey into it So uh, how does your journey begin getting into horse racing? Well,
1: I was born and raised in Toledo, Ohio Which is not a mecca of horse racing by any means However, we did have harness race track Toledo Raceway Park Which is no longer with us, unfortunately That is my home track and always will be. And when I was just about 18, I started heading out there and trying to see what all this horse racing was about. I worked at a bowling alley right down the street from it. And I always saw on Friday nights and Saturday nights, there was just cars piling into the racetrack. And I was like, I I need to see what's going on there. And I went with, with my buddy and, you know, I was hooked immediately. Like this was great. I mean, I get to watch horses run around a circle. I get to bet on them and, you know, I didn't really learn how to do any of that. I would just bet $2 win, play, show on the uh, on the favorites. And if they won, then I, I got to, to buy a hot dog and, and a Pepsi. So it was just one of those things where nobody really led me to it. I was just curious because there's so many cars that's going cool. into a parking lot. Yeah, now. that's cool. Yeah, so I got into it. And well, one of the first things that I thought of was to be how cool would it be to own a a horse do have your own horse and, and, and race them and i've always wanted to be an owner more than anything and uh, you know a couple of years ago I, I got to do that for the first time i've i was the president and only member of firehouse racing stables because <laughs> i was a fireman living in michigan that's great and yeah so i bought a I uh, i bought a pacing mare in 2014 i I think i plunked down 1900 at auction and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and the worst part is is i wanted to get into it before toledo raceway park uh went the way of the dodo and i missed it by one year oh. i bought my i bought my mare after toledo had already uh closed but i did get to race her in ohio and never won so it is what that, it is but
0: but that was yeah, your first your first foray into owning and since then you've done much more you've done other stuff you do doing. you're like currently a, a co-managing partner
1: yeah yeah so iron horse racing is if, if anybody is looking for a, uh, a a racing partnership i would look there first um i love iron horse racing i, I love the things that they've done I, I love how they um have no markup partnerships so basically they buy the horse and they they syndicate it out for the price that they bought the horse they don't add anything to it so for me you're, you're already way ahead of the other ones, but, uh, we have a three-year-old gelding named. It's mandatory. And, uh, you know, I, I brought some people in and, and, uh, Harlan brought some people in and we, we kind of share our, our, our duties and, uh, we're looking for him to win for the first time as an owner who owned a hundred percent of three race horses, my horses were in or t- o for 15. So as a, as an owner, Completely. I'm over for fifteen. And we've had this guy, we got him at a two year old sale last year. He's currently still a maiden, so I've yet to make the winners. Oh, you're 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 just
0: us. salivating right now.
2: You
1: are <laughs> so just close. dying to get in there. You want that picture so bad. I'm so, cl- I'm so close and he's going to get it. He, You're going to get it. Yeah, soon. I, he's the one too. He's the one that we're going to get it with. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that, but uh, you know, I've done some other things in racing. I started off as a uh, freelance writer, uh, Denonymous racing, uh, had me start in, in thir- 2013. I went to Bet America, which is my first uh, paying horse racing job back in 2014. Nice. And I wrote, wrote for a couple of other places. I got hired by horse racing nation, uh, which I love. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I started there last year since I moved to Kentucky. Uh, I've had a couple, you know, bylines for BRISNED, Breeders' Cup, wrote for a couple, um, you know, print magazines, Thoroughbred Today, Midwest Harness Report. And uh, basically, I've done a couple things. You know, I was a mutual clerk at Keeneland. I did some full patrol, uh, night watch at Trackside Farm. And uh, I just got into the breeding game. Uh my business partner and I we started haphazard racing uh we just bought a broodmare named quick and golden um earlier this year and she folded a bucaro philly on May 4th so may the 4th be with
0: her oh nice That's great so you got a star wars one there and you, man yeah. you got your hat in uh in yeah you said uh, uh, hats all over the place though that's what's cool is like you meet a lot of people um like this in racing that you when you're I gotta be honest, when you're in racing For the most part, you just, you love racing And that's why you stay in it And you yeah. and you have people that bounce around and do different things And you can tell that that's just From from the the moment, it seems like you walked in Some of those first times mm-hmm. by yourself Just trying to figure out what this was You, you kind of had yeah. that itch It seems like it, always, it's been there So that's really cool
1: Yeah, so I was I was a EMT, paramedic And firefighter for 17 years In Michigan, and I just loved ho- horse racing And I said, you know what I'm not gonna stay there for 25 years And 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 finish out i'm gonna retire Early and move to kentucky and i moved To kentucky and it was a little rough go at the, at the beginning but uh you know i have A full-time you know writing job now and I'm i'm very excited about
0: it. man that's uh, That's really cool that just shows just Keep uh keep at it when when you're very Good at what you do when you care the Cream will rise to the top and um and Speaking of which we're gonna transition Into um talk about the the top ryan we Saw um Some of the best horses in training run Just this past weekend And really over the last like week and a half A couple others I want to mention before you and I get into all of them I mean we we even just saw Tappet to win For Cassie Mm -hmm. looks super impressive They're going to supplement him to the Belmont Um, We saw Maxfield he's going to be skipping the Belmont He's going to run in the bluegrass New York traffic looks like he's going to point to the Haskell and we could see a Midnight Bisu Monomoy Girl uh, rematch on June the twenty seventh at Churchill. So there's been a lot going on. Guarana just came back and was super impressive. Dunbar Road was super impressive for uh, for Brown. Both of them, and then we we saw all the stuff that's happened with the Baffert horses lately. With you know Nadal's retired, Charlatan's out for at least forty five days. He won't make the Belmont. Maybe. Maybe the Derby. I mean, they said you know he might be back for towards the end, or maybe the Preakness. I think they said they just they mm-hmm. just don't know what what it's going to be with him. I, I don't think he's going to be able to make the Belmont or the Derby. So forty five days ankle injury. So man, in just a yeah. a couple of weeks, there's a hell of a lot going on, and then we get this weekend, this last weekend, which from a wagering standpoint, if you're a gambler. It probably wasn't the greatest, you know, try to make a million dollars weekend Because there were just (laughs) a lot of chalk out there But when that's happening in these big graded stakes races We get to see some pretty darn good horses Let's start over at Churchill where we had two stakes races on Saturday And the first one, we probably don't have to go farther than this To see the most impressive performance of the entire weekend I mean, Volatile, who is now four for five he wins race number eight, which is the Aristides. He's had a 112 buyer speed figure, which I believe, is the highest this year. He—they've mentioned Saratoga as the future for him for some top sprints. Ryan, this guy is legit. Oh yeah,
1: I mean he won convincingly two back at Oaklawn, and you're absolutely right. This was the best singular performance of the weekend. Uh, as far as the you know the splits, the the first quarter went in 21 and two two fifths, which is not you know completely and utterly out of the norm for a race like this first half went 44 and one fifth but uh, at the top of the stretch he l- looked like he was shot out of a cannon Jesus. and he turned a- he turned a one length lead into three or four in no time almost set a track record and um you know he's a four year old by violence he's out of a stakes winning unbridled song mayor named melody lady who his trainer steve Asmussen actually trained the dam so um, you know, all signs point for, for big bigger and better things for him. And uh he he did definitely put in the best performance of the
0: weekend, I believe. We got all those immediate Matoli comparisons. Uh yeah, social yeah. media and horse racing Twitter was all over this guy after. He did get bet down, he got hammered. And you know, Bobby's wicked one was a horse who used to have um you know, he has really good speed. He just seems like he's kind of Either not like not in the same right now, or maybe just a horse who can kind of beat up when he on on smaller fields or, or like not quite as good fields when he's able to really get a lead. Because he you mentioned it. They went quick early and volatile just put them away. Super, super impressive. One of the more impressive races I think you might see all year long. And the tenth race at Churchill, it was the Dogwood. And now we've seen um a Philly. It's funny. We had this race for three-year-old fillies at Churchill And then we had the Santa Anita Oaks And mm-hmm. neither one of them were really it's like If you put the two of them together It probably would have been real one really, really good race You know, you add sure. to a skydiver and speech And maybe even, mer- you know, Murninth into this um, This wasn't a bad race though The, the Dogwood And four graces is now three for four And she was the slight second choice in this race She wins it over two to one She just picked up 20 more points for the Kentucky Oaks
1: yeah. And, you know, she's won twice at Churchill in this meet already, which is amazing when you think about it, considering the late start they have um, as far as the dogwood, you know, they had a contested 22 and uh, one fifth opening quarter and there was five horses across on the backstretch. The favorite, you know, we're going to talk about 10 horses and eight of the 10 horses that we're going to talk about that won were the favorite four graces was not the favorite Edgeway yep. was and who, you know, she held on for a second, but just wasn't good enough um, Four graces. I would have loved to see her against Swiss Skydiver in the Santa Anita Oaks since that was only a four-horse race. Um, but uh, Ian Wilkes has a good one in four graces, and uh, she's a home- homebred uh, f- for Witham Thoroughbreds. And, uh, you know, the future's bright for her as well.
0: She, yeah, she's, she's a nice filly. And she's a, she's one that's definitely been aided by the, you know, the late Kentucky Derby, Kentucky Oaks. You know, she's going to be – she's a player now when she when she might have been – Kind Of a little late developing, and that might have been too much too soon for her to ask if this would have been, you know, trying to face some of the best a month ago. But she can do that in the next few weeks, like, and, and maybe, maybe one of the fillies that she's going to have to deal with is the one we'll talk about next as we shift right. from Churchill and we're going to go over to Santa Anita now. And we're going to talk about the fifth race from Saturday, which was the Santa Anita Oaks. Unfortunately, at Santa Anita, we haven't seen what we've seen at some of the other tracks. We saw it maybe the first week where the entries were really full since then. It's been back to really short fields I think a lot of horses probably left And went to maybe Oaklawn You know, and then it ended up staying And now they're around Churchill We saw some of the barns that that generally fill the entry box The Saddlers, the Millers, the O'Neills They don't have as many horses around as they used to um, but, but we got a couple quality fillies in this race It was only a field of four after the scratch I really think the top two are very good Speech continues to improve And Swiss Skydriver is she the best three-year-old filly right now?
1: Uh, Either her or she dares the devil Yeah Yeah Which, you know, they're both their double fillies
0: She got a 95 buyer That's now three graded stakes in a row And she was just able to kind of get the lead from the inside And she just was was handled like a Philly who was better. Speech loomed up, did everything she could, but it wasn't the the, the race shape was really against her here. But um, I, I do think these two, top two are quality. It looks like uh, the Swiss Skydiver is going to head to the Ashland, and I think I even read that they have they they have mentioned they've late nominated her to the Triple Crown and mentioned maybe even a possibility at a race like the Preakness.
1: Yeah, there, there's definitely a possibility of that. I did talk to Ken McPeak. Oh, I want to say probably two weeks ago. And and he said that uh, he wanted to go to the Santa Anita Oaks. And uh, if all systems were go, that he would go to the Ashland. He also has uh, another Philly pointed towards the Ashland. I mean, you're not going to make Swiss uh, skydiver your B, your B horse there, but uh, there's a possibility that she could face the boys uh, this, this summer. So, you know, as far as that race went, I feel bad for speech because yes, I do too. Because of the of the horses that were out there out west, she was the best of the west. And Swiss Skydiver ends up, you know, um, shipping in, and she didn't really have a tough time at all. I mean, once once she uh, got ahead of Mernith, she never really looked back. And Mike Smith didn't even move. Yep. Yeah, yep. Mike that was Smith the key didn't move the whole entire time. And uh, you know, she sold for thirty five thousand dollars. <laughs> thirty five thousand dollar purchase for Peter Callahan, and she's earned over five hundred fifty eight thousand. So uh, that's a good
0: buy. And you said she's like I don't think you could make a list of three That she wouldn't be right there uh-huh. with As far as the top of the, the three year old uh, Philly division right now Three yeah. graded stakes wins in a row And what's been really impressive about her too is She just travels She goes to every different racetrack too It's not like she's a just a yeah. Gulfstream horse Or just a Santa Anita horse She's been all over the place And now she's going to go over to Keeneland too yeah. So she's just like an old school racehorse I like what McPeak had said too He, feels that, he said, you know what, I'm kind of old school in that we, you know, I just mentioned a couple horses that are skipping the Belmont. He takes the opposite approach and he says, You know what? When I've got a horse that's running good, I'm going to continue to run them because sometimes you plan for things down the road and then a horse has an injury. There's something that's weird. They have to miss time and those plans go out the window. Sometimes it's best when your horse is going good just to keep running them. Yeah, he wanted
1: to run her in the Thousand Guineas at Newmarket uh, But because of the uh, Pandemic yeah. and travel Restrictions, it ended up not being uh, A good idea, so he just Went and won the Santa Anita Oaks, no big deal
0: Yeah, no, nothing big there um, yeah. Let's go to The Santa Anita Derby And uh, we're going to talk About a race that You know what th- I, There were a couple legitimate contenders in here Authentic and Honor AP are both very good And I think Authentic ran better than and then people Probably will want to give him credit for the, this, this race on paper just kind of Looked like it was going to set up that way There were a couple other really Fast horses he was going to have to deal with He's not like a rocket Ship out of the gate either And he didn't have those charlatan Nadal kind of like gaudy figures Where he seemed like he towered over This field Honor AP is now A really nice horse he got a good trip I think he got 102 buyer which is, I believe, the top of all the three-year-olds now so far And um, those top two going forward are good I think a lot of people have really skyrocketed Honor AP up, up the list I think he's like number two in the NTRA poll now
1: Yeah, he's, he's uh, the co-favorite for the Kentucky Derby at William Hill at 4-1 right now
0: Yeah, yeah So
1: here's the fun thing about Honor AP is out of the 10 horses that we're talking about, he was the only other one that wasn't the favorite. Yeah. yeah. Authentic was the favorite. Uh, He paid a whole $6 and 40 cents to win. So just over two to one, um, you know, he was an $850,000 yearling purchase. Obviously he's by honor code, but his damn Hollywood story was a multi-grade one winning millionaire. Um, as far as the race goes, I mean, authentic did take kind of a right turn out of the gate, but I don't really think that affected him much. No, No, but, uh, I think what did affect Authentic is he did go four wide in the clubhouse turn, which cost him some ground. Mm-hmm. Um, it, obviously, when you look at the final margins of the race, it wasn't enough to say, oh, he lost the race early. But, uh, you know, the first quarter went in 23 seconds. And on an AP, he was in the three path in the back backstretch uh, before he made this big sweeping move. And his big sweeping move, it was very impressive visually. Started at the quarter pole. And then uh, once he got ahead near the top of the stretch, it was all over.
0: Yeah. He he has the feel and kind of the look of a derby yet kind of horse. And this year obviously it's gonna be different, but mm-hmm. he he felt like he was just coming into this race perfectly. If you were trying to beat authentic, this felt like it. And now unfortunately, just between um the I mean a couple of weeks back with some of the stuff With the positive tests that we haven't heard much more about And then mm-hmm. from charlatan Having to be out for a little while from nadal Having to be retired even the stuff with Arrogate, Which was really really sad and then you have a big Favorite here go down not the greatest of uh, Two weeks or so for for bob Afford.
1: no I mean his 2020 didn't start off well at all because he Had bast bast should have been yeah uh, Near the top of the three-year-old fillies And she had to be retired
0: yeah so So um, yeah. We'll, yeah, just things change so quickly in horse racing. And now uh, Honor AP is right in that top tier. Yeah, he's probably in that top tier with, it almost feels like he's there with Tisdala and Maxfield now. And as you mentioned, he is the co favorite at some of the books. The, I, I kind of get that feeling too. I kind of have those three maybe a cut above everybody else.
1: Right. And we don't have to feel too terrible for a Baffert because we're going to talk about a winner of the <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. In just a second of his, um, yeah, actually we'll be able to talk about a couple more. So again, yeah, like, actually, yeah, you're right. It's funny you lose you lose a couple horses. You lose yeah. a couple horses. Um, you know, to one to injury, another one to, to retirement, to injury, and you you figure when there are horses like Nadal and Charlatan the cupboard is bare. That's not the case when you're BB. <laughs> and we uh, we go to yeah. a horse in uh, in race number ten now, and mm-hmm. we are going to talk about the Hollywood Gold Cup, and we're going to talk about Improbable, who's been um. He's been an intriguing horse, right? He he took a ton of money last year in the major triple crown races. He was favored in the big classic races that he was in. He's been a horse who was good from the very beginning, but we've always had the, the distance questions about him. That was always the concern when he was on the triple crown trail. It was, does he really want to go a mile and a quarter or farther? Is he, you know, is he more of a miler type? Because he sits pretty nice, he looms up, and then he kind of flattens out late. He's coming off of a trip where he had a ton of trouble against Tom's Deatot, who's one of the best, you know, older horses in training right now. And he he got a great, easy, perfect trip in here. But he this was a, a box that he needed to check, Ryan. Right? He had to to pass this test and say, you know what? I can beat a group like this and go longer, and I can show you that I can be one of the top horses in the older division. I think that's what he said with this race.
1: Yeah, I can't disagree with that. And, you know, he did. He, he checked the boxes and, and the, the race did set up for him. But he won the race that was in front of him. But to me, the most intriguing story of the Hollywood Gold Cup is that uh, midcourt didn't run his race at all.
0: No. He, like he no, got speed. Left,
1: no, he got left behind early and was no factor. Um, you know, improbable, this race that he won it was the first time he won since the shared belief last year. Um, and now the shared belief is a derby prep, which is.
0: Really weird, yeah, yeah, with the <laughs> with the change in schedules, yeah, yeah, um,
1: and speak you know speaking of the setup, the you know brownstorm did all the dirty work for the first six furlongs, and uh by the time they got to the top of the stretch, improbable had already you know caught up with them, and he had a three three length lead, and you know, I'm watching, and I'm like, you know, let's see if he has this because that was the that was the knock on him as he couldn't get a mile and a quarter, and higher power, he really ran a good race, he did, uh, and he's he's a horse that I'll look really closely at next time because. You know he, he finished second and did well um, But god midcourt Really didn't do very well
0: And, and he kind of third- changed the complexion of the race too You yeah. figure like if he's more involved In it early then improbable yeah. is not In such a great stalking Spot yeah. and not just able to kind of he, he was able to just dictate the race Really improbable yeah. even from just sitting Right off because it was just whenever he Wanted to go he was going to go right by And then if the problem was the race was, wasn't was setting up quick enough for, for the horses, the mile and a quarter horses Like Higher Power or Tenfold To really have any shot And Correct. you're right, like, I, go ahead
1: No, I have no problem with Improbable winning that race The way that he he won mm-hmm. it it was, it was not, you know, the most impressive win of the weekend But I mean, he answered questions Checked the boxes, like you said And he ran the race that was in front of him there, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that solid win
0: And so what it does now is it gives Baffert the the Breeders' Cup Classic as the long term goal because with a horse like this you were still cons- you were still worried you were still right. thinking you know what maybe he's a miler and now we saw Baffert had McKinsey come back and so again we f- right. we're forgetting about McKinsey who came back on Sunday right. and ran well going into the Met Mile too so um, I think Improbable got a 105 buyer speed figure and now he can go forward from this I guess now the next test is can you beat a better group going longer. In a race where you don't get the most perfect Trip in the world right. you know that would be the next test Like he had to do last time he was wide And he ends up running second like that's what we've Seen from him in a lot of the big races Now he, he won a big one now Can he continue to progress And he you know what Ryan he might He might some of these we forget with a horse Like him he's not six or seven years old You know what yep. he feels like he's been around forever But he might just be progressing As he gets a little bit older Right
1: yeah I mean I'm interested to see where he goes next And if he goes in the Breeders' Cup Classic I mean, if he doesn't get much better Between now and then I'll be I'll be happy to bet against him in that race But uh, I want to see what he does between now and mm-hmm. then uh, Before I, I get to make that decision
0: mm-hmm. And uh, now we're going to go to Race number 6 Which was a very intriguing race mm-hmm. Because we had a, a Major maiden special weight race With a horse named Cezanne Was it 3.6 million the purchase 3.65 uh, 3.
1: million, and whew. uh, with his victory, he earned 30,000. So the owners, <laughs> owners only have 3.35 million to go to make, to make
0: just to, to be even break even before just you, you even talk about the training fees and all that stuff. But uh, right. he, he, you know what, I was more impressed with him than I think most were because this is not mm-hmm. his game at all. Like, sprinting, going six and a half furlongs from the rail is not necessarily what he wants to do. He did the 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 seas did kind of part for him when he when he needed to he didn't it didn't it wasn't like the toughest trip in the world but he he did what he had to do he was never gonna get beat he he's kind of he was still green and kind of grindy that's what you imagine with a horse like this and Baffert seemed pretty pleased thinking that you know this would be a good stepping stone to going longer and I did read that they're gonna try to get this horse into the Derby somewhere they're not sure where but. You know, they there were preps that are even just one like you mentioned down at Del Mar that are that are different. There's one at Los Alamitos that they could stay here in Southern California and take a shot at. So there are some opportunities. This might be a a player on the triple crown scene in the next couple months.
1: Well, with the defection of Nadal and Charlatan, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is
0: who Bob leans on with authentic. Gets behind you know what I mean because and just yeah. kind of This makes sort of the project You might have been able to get a, to be a little bit More patient with a horse like this if you still had Those other two right this could have Been one of those more late developing type but now Not that they're going to rush him into anything But they can just get a little more aggressive and ambitious With him when just like you said You don't have two you probably your top Two um, you know horse uh, You know horses in the three-year-old division that were Maybe the top two in the entire division Or two of the top three or four um, So yeah not a, a, a day at Santa Anita where we had a ton of uh, big prices But we did, as long as it's not big prices when there's big stars showing up I'm okay with that as a fan, not as much as a better, <laughs> but as a fan The fan right. side of me, we at least get to see these races They're important for our handicapping moving forward
1: Yeah, I mean, and speaking of that race, that uh, the horse Charlito uh, he finished really well, and, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to run again, and obviously in an a maiden special weight race, and he's, he's a horse that I would back next time. Uh, Ray Ray, who led early in that race, you know, he, he, he ran well, but like you said, this isn't really uh, Cezanne's game. He's not really a sprinter, so who, who knows uh, what the early pace in that race, uh, you know, going forward, who knows. But I like, I like the way Charlito closed late.
0: Yeah, and then uh, we f- we're going to get to Belmont in just a second. We'll mention just one thing on Sunday. We talked about it for a little bit. McKinsey came back. He won the triple band going seven furlongs. He earned a 97 buyer. That was his first start since he didn't run very well in Saudi Arabia. And it's going to be the Met Mile up next for him. And remember last year, I'm still Matt. He should have won that Met Mile when he was behind Matoli. He did have some <laughs> trouble. He had to check. Each- he was uh, just loaded the whole way and, and was in trouble. And might kind of mentioned that again. But uh, he'll be headed uh, back there for um, what it looks to be shaping up. You know, a, a Met Mile that we might be able to see, McKinsey, maybe Vacoma, maybe Coat of Honor, a couple horses that we're about to talk about who ran at, at Belmont on Saturday. So again, we were we were talking about the horses that Baffert lost, but uh, he's still pretty darn loaded. When you have a uh, you know McKinsey and Improbable at your uh, in your older horse division,
1: right? Year in year out, the Met Mile is one of the best races in America, bar
0: none. Awesome, and it's it's become. It's it's so great because it's that in between Right at the mile you get yep. some of those Sprinters who are willing to stretch out a little bit And take their chance yep. and then you get some of the the True distance horses that turn back a little bit So just a fun um, Kind of hodgepodge of horses that we, uh, mm-hmm. we Will look to see in the Emet mile And speaking of that let's head over to, to Belmont Park Now and we'll talk about a couple of the the stakes races from the weekend. So, the first two we're going to discuss were the grass races. We're going to go to race number six. It was the Fort Marcy. And hey, guess what? Grass race, Chad Brown gets the win uh, in Still hey. Regard, who, it's, you know, he's more of like a B, B uh, Chad Brown horse, but it seems like this is one that they they've kind of taken a real interest in. Um they they feel like they say they really want to get a grade one win for him. I think they're going to point to the Manhattan on July the fourth, try to stretch him out to a mile and a quarter. but this was kind of the start of the parade of the super short prices. He was your two to one just over two to one slight favorite. He just kind of got a, a really great trip and that's because the man directing him has been riding lights out.
1: Yeah, you know i'm I'm really interested to see where Chad Brown sends him next and he's been running well and of all the races that we're talking about, this was probably the best all around race. You know why he wasn't the most impressive winner of, of all of them, but all around with the uh, other contenders, I mean, some like it, hot Brown raced well, you know, he was on the engine and, mm-hmm. and he, he wasn't able to stay up, but he, he, he set a decent, uh, you know, it was, it was, it wasn't the fastest pace, but, uh, Devamani closed well. But not, of course, was, I, not
0: I had Devamani to win. That was my win play there. So yeah. I'm sure He never really. He, it was one of those where you you knew he, he wasn't going to win, but you could see right. he was just going to be beat. And which is the most frustrating. Like I was never thinking he was going to get there. And uh, was, right. Synchrony kind of bounced back a little bit. He was disappointed You know, Instilled Regard and Synchrony were both disappointing in their last start, and they both bounced yeah. back a little bit. So I think you're right. We do- we did see some of the top contenders in here kind of show up and run pretty well, and this might be a good spot. For them to get back into their form moving forward Where these horses maybe spread out a little bit
1: Sure and Synchrony Was one of my favorite I mean he was one of my Go-tos I, I could just bet it and Forget it with him but I, I think that his best Days are behind him now so he's going to have to Maybe start uh, Running against a little bit lower class he's, Yeah, he's used to but in yeah. still regard I mean he's five he's running at the top Performance of his career this, um, you know, He, he was a, a or $50,000 $50, purchase he's earned under eight, 800,000 but he's a multiple graded stakes winner and uh, i'm sure that they'll be pointing him to a grade 1.
0: Yeah, once time he was one of the uh, horses that was a derby Trail, you know, we, we mm-hmm. three-year-old Early on, and uh, and then he's Changed his game now, and he's become a, a very Good horse going, yeah. you know, distance On the grass, so instilled regard Looks like maybe the grade one Manhattan Mile and a quarter on July 4th for him next I think I read that was a, yep. one of the plans So we move on from uh, A race where Chad Brown ran A 1-2 in, <laughs> in the, the Fort Marcy, to a, a race In the Intercontinental Where Chad Brown ran 1-2 Three, Four in this race And we got Newspaper of record to return And, and you know what Ryan I think we yep. found a couple things out about her In this spot One we know that she likes a ground That's got a little give in it A little moisture in the turf yep. And two she needs to just be let loose You need to just let her run Not try to rate her Not try to grab a hold of her And she's going to run horses off their feet I think that's how she wins races
1: Well, here's another thing. She's undefeated in even number years. (laughs) There we go. She went. She went. She went zero for three in 2019, but she was three for three as a two year old in 2018, and she's one for one this year. So she's never lost in
0: even number years. Gobble her up the rest of this year. That's right. Sit sit back next year, and and, then we're playing against. Yeah, yeah. Newspaper (laughs)
1: record wins out the rest of the year. You heard it here first.
0: (laughs) But uh, it is, um, it, it is kind of. I think. Nice for a conditioner like Chad Brown when they can easily figure something out like this and go, you know what? Send her. This is the type of turf she wants. Don't grab a hold. And I mean, she went quick mm-hmm. in here. She was just too quick for any of the deep horses to stay around early. This is like one of literally one of those run them off their feet. I think she got a career best 104 buyer, a race they've mentioned next for her. Is the grade one just a game June the 27th so they could come back pretty quickly And they Chad said she may be facing stablemate uni and you know He he ran one two three four here he doesn't Worry about running them against each other
1: (laughs) right No not at all I mean it was good to see Her resemble her two-year-old form I'm not Gonna lie it was it was nice to see because She had such a good two-year-old career and Last year it was just you know It was just just a little bit weird Um, My pick in the race I picked Jakarta who I figured would get out to the Lead I didn't know that she would be you know, battling Newspaper Record for a uh, twenty-two and 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 one opening quarter, and uh, once Newspaper Record opened up by three lengths, that was it. But you know, the horse that I was really um, impressed with in this race was uh, Regal Glory.
0: Hundred percent agree.
1: Yeah, yeah. So she she ran up on Newspaper Record. She was not able to catch her, but she did close some ground in significant form. Um, who did close late to finish third, actually ran a a decent race. I don't know what kind of number she got for that, but my takeaway from that race was newspaper record looked like she did at two, and Regal Glory um, finished hard luck second.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I totally agree on Regal Glory She's going to be one that I'm going to keep an eye on next time And maybe the rest of the year Because if she's able to get in a field Where there's just a more honest setup for her Where maybe there a couple of horses are battling And it sets up more for a horse off the pace She's going to have an opportunity That was her first start since October the 12th So she still could you know take a nice step forward As she continues to get older I'm glad you mentioned Regal Glory in that one uh, We move on from the turf To the Westchester And we saw One of the better older horses in training Make his return to the races And that was Code of Honor And he probably... He probably had to, I guess, maybe of all the horses that we were talking about had to work the hardest. Um, mm-hmm. and and he overcame it. This was a race where, if he would have been second, we would have all been in set, been able to say, okay, he the race didn't set up very well for him. At this point, it was pretty wet on the race track. He had to go really wide. He was chasing a horse who got an inside trip that seemed to be beneficial and endorsed and endorsed is kind of improving and coming into his own. But code of honor. Um and even even the fact that Shug is not a ho- uh, a trainer that gets his horses completely ready to cr- like fire off the layoffs like this. Um, uh, but he was good. He got a hundred and one buyer speed figure with that wide, wide trip, and you gotta put him right up there on the the top tier of older horses.
1: Yeah, I mean there were many reasons not to want to bet him in that race. Um the layoff for one, um when it started raining for for two, and it's just you know, his odds weren't favorable i mean you know he still paid 450 to win so I, I i found reasons not to bet him but i wish i would have you know i always have to remind myself that he's by noble mission and not code of honor yeah or honor code Honor so, yeah, code yeah now, be, code it, i screwed blood. it up now i i made fun of somebody for messing up the code it's of just honor, so honor easy code, to it's just so easy to God, but course. you caught
0: yourself real quick you caught well, yourself yeah. Right.
1: Um, you know, he's out of uh, graded stakes winning reunited. She won the Thoroughbred Club of America at Keeneland in 2005. And a good tidbit of information about him is uh, he was an RNA at Keeneland September 2017 for $70,000. So somewhere there's a person who thought they got this one when the hammer fell for 70000 but didn't get to take him home. And all he's done is won the Traverse, the Jockey uh, Club Gold Cup, and the Fountain of Youth. Won what five graded stakes win- uh, five graded stakes races and over two point four million dollars in earnings and some some poor sap didn't get him because he RNA'd
0: So I think they for code of honor it will be the Met Mile or the Whitney. They haven't even scheduled the Whitney yet, but they're they're talking about when they're going to reschedule it. Um, they'll be looking at maybe one of those two races to come back. They also have the barn also has Performer who had to scratch out of the mm-hmm. Carter. Um, they said Performer could be ready to come back for the Met Mile. So if that's the case, maybe they bring. Performer back and they wait on uh, On Code of Honor who he's one who's You know his game plan is Breeders Cup at the end Of the year so I think they'll be they're not going to be In any rush to, to get him into races They're going to kind of try to work backwards and keep him Fresh for that um, We get into The Carter and okay. had a Super impressive performance here From Vacoma, who he got 110 career best Buyer and I mean, he he's done very little wrong in his career also He he came back with a couple of really nice wins so far this year um, They said the mile off of that effort might be a little too quick for him Coming back four weeks because he ran so big in here I mean, he just crushed this field He won by seven plus And um, he's going to be really good at, at maybe these You know, either sprint distances or up to a mile
1: yeah, I really like him. Out of all the horses that we've talked about, he's the only one that I actually got to spend some time with in the barn. Um, I got to see him before his bluegrass victory and spent a little bit time with him uh, in the Weaver barn. He's just a pretty cool horse, and um, you know his his dam was a uh, multiple graded stakes winner. She won the uh, twenty ten Humana Distaff, and um, this is actually the only horse that we talked about that I really picked <laughs> to win. He <laughs> ended up being the favorite. But, uh, out of the ten horses that we talked about, um the average win payout ended up being four dollars yeah. and seventy yep. five he, cents and he paid five thirty, so at least the only one that I picked to win paid better than all the rest that we talked about.
0: It was a better this and this is why I did this, which I generally don't I'll do with some news and stuff i I do more of gambling, breaking up you know. You know. Breaking down the races, previewing the races. This was definitely a weekend that was better to recap than to preview yeah, because I was sure. the same way. <laughs> I was the same way with you. It's yeah. it's fun to talk about the good horses afterwards and and the plans and what who could they you know match up with down the line and what are you know what's going to happen. Um, but going in, I I think I was the same. I was I was against. You know, most most of these in here, in mm-hmm. particular, horse like newspaper of record who hadn't been good. And I thought right. the horse like that you picked Jakarta was gonna make things like, you know, hard for that one on the front end. I think the only one that I was really high on of all of these was probably Honor AP, who I felt like he would get the trip. and I thought he was just i i was I think more of it was that I was never really that high on authentic either. So I felt like he was the horse, but i'm I'm with you. It wasn't a great weekend for my bank account, uh, betting wise, but, One of those weekends that it's at least important for us As you know horse players Moving forward we have to know these Horses and where they're going to show up again And maybe some of them like we saw you know what hey this horse got a perfect trip Maybe you're playing against him probable next time Because he was able to sit so nicely and get the trip There or a horse like instilled regard you know mm-hmm. uh, But but then maybe you and I look At a horse like wow coat of honor or vicoma, Like they might be horses that we can kind of latch on To for the rest of the year and and key exotics In some days because they might be the real Deal with the way that they won those races so Um I think yeah. we just we had a lot to take From this weekend
1: yeah we sure we sure Did and I'm I'm glad to see Vacoma get a Grade one win um it was just it was sad that he won the Bluegrass and he wasn't able to continue on um uh, for for much of uh two thousand and nineteen,
0: so I'm glad to see him win and then uh yeah, we, the first one that we talked about too with volatile who you know earned that huge figure, and he's going to be a a major player rest yeah. of the year so Man, thank. I really appreciate you uh, you coming on and talking with me here. We we covered a ton of ground, a bunch of different racetracks, a bunch of different horses. We got some of your background in there. So maybe next time uh, when we link up, we'll uh, we'll do the other way. We'll uh, we'll preview uh, a weekend uh, where we go through some stakes races, or we'll, we'll pick a card to to go through one day.
1: Oh, no, no. I'm much better talking about things after the fact. Than <laughs> <laughs> it's way easier for us that way. <laughs> I, I can tell you that I picked Vacoma, but you don't really
0: know. No,
1: I, I want to just say again that I appreciate you having me on, and make sure you say hi to Barry for me.
0: Oh, I will. I will. Um, do me a favor. Uh, give all the folks out there, again, all of your plugs. Where can we find you on social media? Um, what, do you have, what are you going to be working on coming up next?
1: Well, you can find me at Twitter, where I am always i'm always on twitter like 24 hours a day seven days a week at Dicky 249 um and i do write uh, for horse racing nation and you can see some of the things basically i talk to people in the industry and i write down what they say and uh we we print that out and uh it's worked well so far like i said I'm, i'm i'm real happy to be there
0: Ryan Dickey, thank you so much, buddy. It's uh, a lot of fun. I always appreciate our interactions back and forth on social media. Yeah. And uh, let's uh, let's make this uh, whenever you get uh, some time and an opportunity. Let's make this a more common thing. We'd love to have you back here on That's What G Said.
1: Hey, um, I can talk about horse racing all day long. So you 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 contact me and we'll do it.
0: Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Ryan Dickey, folks. You heard how to follow him, follow him out there on social media. Don't go anywhere. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back here on That's What G Said. One of the sponsors of That's What G Said podcast is Cindy Carava, full-service realtor, and I am here over in Glendora at Coldwell Banker with Cindy Carava. Cindy, how was 2019 for you? Tell us a little bit about what uh, what kind of stuff you were working on.
2: Hi, Gino. Thanks for having me. Uh, 2019 was just really great. Uh, I had a great year uh, selling homes all the way from Altadena, Arcadia, Monrovia out to Upland and Ontario just recently. Um, the market has, has been uh, really good. Um, we're looking forward to 2020 with an increase in home prices about 5.8% this year, opposed to last year where it was a little softer. We saw uh, more like homes averaging about 3.5% in increase in value. Um, it's also looking great for buyers. Uh, the interest rates right now are gonna be staying under 4%, so if you've been on the fence about thinking about buying a home,
0: And you're all over the internet, social media, websites. Let us know some of the places where we can find you. I know I've seen some reviews on Yelp and on Zillow. Everyone always has positive things to say. Everybody hears me raving about you all the time. But where can uh, everyone else find out information about you or contact
2: Thank you, Gino. Yeah, I am on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, and uh, you can contact me on my website, which is www.sindicarava.com or my email, which is cindyc.realtor at gmail.com. Or feel free to call or text me on my cell phone, which is 626-394-6400
0: cindy is awesome she's one of the kindest and most genuine people i've ever met i promise you you will enjoy every minute you interact with her so thank you very much cindy uh appreciate all of your support from that's what she said podcast
2: thank you gino have a great day everyone
0: big thank you to ryan it was fun uh talking with ryan and uh breaking down all those races and going through um uh, what was a, a good weekend of racing? It just wasn't a great weekend. If if you're a, a better who's, who's not really someone who thought those were all logical favorites to include, very rarely are you going to see me. You know, I, I think some betters playing a string of consecutive favorites like that. It's just some races you're going to take a shot against one or two. Let's get into some uh, some horse racing for Wednesday. So at Gulfstream Park on Wednesday I have a couple plays for you This is Wednesday, June the, uh, the 10th Get your past performances out And we'll get to race number 1 uh, um, Just a heads up too In the ninth race at Gulfstream Is actually a really strong field Where you're going to have 3 horses That are really familiar names To to many of you out there um, That is Ette Indian Who won the Fountain of Youth He's in there You're going to also have Shivari Who was 2nd in the Florida Derby And was second in the Swale He's also in there And you're going to have Sol Volante Who won the Sam F. Davis And was second in the Tampa Bay Derby He's also in there You have three horses Who are on the Kentucky Derby points list That are within the top 16 You know, Ete Indian has 74 points Chivari has 40 And uh, Sol Volante has another uh, 30 himself And he's at number 16 So a good group in race number 9 Lining up at Gulfstream Park Let's get to a couple races before that though Uh, In race number one, just a horse to mention, throw them into your pick fives. You know, Nanny's Treasure, I just don't think this is a very strong group at all. And she is a, I said he, she is a filly that's actually got a couple decent grass races, tossed the race in the slop. She's got a couple of the better turf tries, and she has some semblance of speed. Even though she's cutting back from a mile to five furlongs, she's got enough to put herself in a good spot. I think the one Nanny's Treasure is a, a good filly to include. In your early pick 5 At the very least underneath If she's anything around 8 to 1 I'll be making a win wager on on Nanny's Treasure Let's move to race number 4 this isn't a, a horse uh, I would play individually or anything, but if you are playing an early pick five, to me the seven felt like a real standout in here. Um, generally, those are races that I just skip and don't even mention at all, but maybe you can make some sort of use out of Tempest, who just seems to hook a really bad group, and I, I think Paco is going to send, stretching this one out a little bit, from six and a half to a mile. So uh, in the fourth race, the number seven, Tempest should be really really tough In in here making uh, his third start Of the year little drop in class On the stretch out probably the one to catch The fifth race just a, a Slight mention maybe to Include in some of your exotics the three Baby Mo when they try to get on the Grass in the debut and What I like is She She had a fast start But she kind of she broke in a few Paths she was able to still Break pretty pretty well even after that you know inward start and she was you know outrun a little bit but then she moved she loomed up she re-engaged and she ended up backing up to third um and and then you know she tired a little bit and, and, and flattened out i didn't think it was horrible She's got that race under her belt, and now she actually gets an opportunity on the grass. And you know, in a race like this, the Wesley Ward's going to take a lot of money. I'm sure the Pletcher's going to take the Wesley Ward's will take money. The Pletcher will take money. So uh, maybe throw the three baby Mo into some of your exotics. Uh, Let's get to race number eight. Just wanted to mention is the number eleven Miss Miami, who's going to get back to the grass. Adds the blinkers. And I think she just needed a little bit more focus. Expect a better effort from the 11 Miss Miami, and what doesn't look like the strongest race in the world on paper. And that's in race number eight, the number 11 Miss Miami. If we can get like five to one, we'll make a win wager on her. Now the ninth race, this is like a little you know stakes race here. You have the one Ette Indian, who's a Grade Two winner from the rail, and. You know, he was third in the Florida Derby last We saw him. He was asked for some speed, but he couldn't get in front of Chivari, which is interesting because he's going to have to face Chivari in here again. He did move to the lead, Ete Indian, at the top of the lane, but then he was immediately tackled by Tis the Law, and he couldn't hold second as Chivari re rallied. So, what are those two going to do as far as the pace is concerned? Ete Indian has the rail and adds the blinkers. So, does. Are, are we positive he's going to get sent hard And be able to make the lead Is Shiva Ree going to sit back off of Ette Indian, let him go And does that make it a little easier for Ete Indian Now at a mile, cutting back You know, from the mile and an eighth Or are these two just two horses That are really quick and they're going to battle And then throw the five You know, Jesus' team in there He adds a little more pace to the party so I'm going to play this race Assuming these horses hook up Or or at least have to soften each other up So much that it will set up from someone off the pace And the two that I, I will use in some of the exotics Are the two with Verve I think if you can get like 5-1 to one or so I'll, I'll play him to win In his last start It wasn't the best of beginnings He really wasn't asked early on He then split horses at the top of the lane He closed really well and now he's got a recent race under him That was back on May the 16th He should be a little fitter He won the Hutchinson and beat Chivari a couple starts back And he, you know, he's a stakes winner And he projects to get a perfect trip If he's good enough To beat a couple horses who You know have been pretty good Three year olds so far Soros He's this, you know. He's a stakes winner, just to show you how good this field is, and he's, you know, twenty to one on the morning line. He he could, you know, fall into a nice spot. I just I need to see him improve a little bit more in here. Jesus' team feels like a, you know, added added speed, and then hard lightning. He was the one that I, I, I had a tough time with figuring if I could if I could include him, and if he ends up being around fifteen to one or so, maybe he's the one. Uh, another one you, you can throw into some of your Exotics for me, along w- that would be along with The 2 and the 7, because he has Enough Positional speed, he's not Like slow at this trip To where he, he shouldn't be That far out of it, if things got cooking Early on, he might be able to fall into A good spot, Sol Volante I'm just worried that he's a little bit too far back He's a grade 3 winner, he's a multiple stakes Winner, and you know He's got 30 Dirty Points He's 16th on that list Will he be too far back He Was a fine second Behind King Guillermo but he just kind of got run off his feet early on in that in that spot. And that tends to be the case with him when he wants to come from way out of it. He needs things to really go his way. And then he's got to be at the mercy of, you know, traffic and, and weaving. It's not, you know, a massive field, so that really, you know, shouldn't be too too much of an issue. And he's drawn to the outside. So he probably should be able to pick where he wants to sit in. So I'll play the two and the seven. And we'll play it with Verve to win if we get around five to one. Respect for Eté Indian. I just wonder with you know Shivary and another you know maybe Jesus' team, who's probably not as like classy speed as a horse like Eté Indian, but just could be enough to, to to pester the the rail runner. So two seven some of the exotics there. That's uh, some of the plays for Gulfstream on Wednesday race one. The one Nanny's Treasure. Throw into some of your uh, exotics if you can get eight to one, maybe a few bucks to win. In the 4th race, I thought uh, the 7 could be a single In some of the early exotics In the 5th, Throw Baby Mo, the number 3 Into uh, maybe early pick 5 Or how uh, however you're approaching that 5th race The 8th at number 11, Miss Miami Around 5-1, to will make a win wager And then in the ninth race, the number 2 With Verve at around 5-1 to one, But we will include with Sol Vellante In a lot of those exotics well, There's your golf stream for Wednesday Let's get you over to Canterbury And this will hopefully be and the first of many times we look at this Canterbury Pick Five, folks. It's a 10% takeout low. That is the lowest in the industry on this Pick Five. What does that mean? You know, look around at the takeouts. A lot of other racetracks, we see Pick Fives that are you know 15%, and those are the lowest wagers at at a lot of tracks. And then when we see you know their the win place show wager, the exact the try wager, a lot of times up into the 20s, middle 20s. That's just a bummer. That's just that's that much of our money that we're we're getting a percentage taken out of. You don't want that, you know. You play a lot of other sports. It's ten, and that's what this Canterbury Pick Five is. That's why we're gonna pay attention to it. We're gonna, uh, you know, I'm sure um, it, it'll be a little tricky some of these first few days when you have horses that have not run in a long time. But it's worth putting a good chunk of your bankroll towards a wager that will pay you back more. Let's get into it Let's spend some time handicapping this uh, Canterbury pick 5 Get to race number 4 This is where the pick 5 starts And this is on Wednesday June the 10th I thought it began with the most difficult race In the entire sequence I mean I literally am going to play A ticket with all And I'm going to literally play another ticket Where you're 5 or 6 deep I don't have a, a strong opinion Because the one Fender Bender Comes off of a pretty good effort Last time out. was a slow start Moved through to press um, no, no real knocks on that one and, and is coming off of a string of like 4 nice races Wouldn't talk you off using the 1 um, I'm not as high on the 2 Lonesome Highway As some others But we're not talking about a hopeless, hopeless horse He just doesn't really like Canterbury The 3 Go Crow is coming out of much better races For Diadoro uh, he, he lost a horse named Flight Time who was beaten a nose at Churchill against 5,000 claimers? He uh, he lost to a horse named Always, who came back to beat 25,000 claimers at Oaklawn. The the only horse who I want to make sure to tell you to include in the in your early pick five to start or in your pick five to start is the four dads a gambler. I I laughed. I this is something that I've said. My dad said, my dad's dad said, and my son will say one day. That's a gambler uh, He completely missed the break In a race that he was favored at Turf Paradise Last we saw him Barnett He's had a really good year Wins a ton of races If you put a line through that last effort Then you see a couple of grass races Prior to that You see a race against 4,000 beaten claimers Going 6 furlongs at Turf Paradise On January the 21st Like a repeat of that effort Puts him right there The race prior to that He was put up first via DQ Against 3,500 non-threes Like that's the kind of effort That would would likely win this race The five blue jeans and beer Has some speed to add The six royal queen I don't think What do we do with him? This might be a tad farther Than where he's best And he might have to deal with Some speed to his inside Maybe another one or two speeds in here He if this was going five or five and a half I would probably like him best He was in a race On April the 7th where there were Four next out winners A loaded race At Will Rogers You got a first time gelding and overanalyzed Fake news and then the eight cyclone Dan beat a couple of next out winners after a slow start he was like eleventh, about ten lengths off. He came flying late. The nine lucky and successful gets back to Canterbury, a track that he loves. I mean, you can legitimately go through this field and make a case for everyone. I'm glad that I have stronger opinions later on in the sequence because it, it'll, you know, give us the opportunity to at least play some affordable tickets. But this is a race where, you know, I'm going to approach it. I, I kind of, I handicapped it. Mark some of the horses I liked. And then, I as, as far as how to put my pick five ticket together, I looked at the other races first and wanted to see okay, are there races in here now that I'm going to have a stronger opinion to be able to key in on? And that'll help me be able to figure out how many horses or how my, I can go back and, and approach that first leg of the sequence. So, yeah, the horses that I think I have, I guess, on my top tier would be the one, three, four, and six Fender Bender, Go Crow, Dad's a Gambler, and Royal Creed. You know, after that it would be five and eight, blue jeans and beer, and Cyclone Dan, and then the next three would be, you know, Lonesome Highway, Overanalyzed, Fake News, and then a uh, Lucky and Successful. I kind of have them in the in, in those tiers in what is a really really difficult opening leg of that pick five sequence. They're not gonna make it easy on us right off the bat at Canterbury, huh? In the fifth race at Canterbury, we have uh, state bred. Minnesota Red, Phillies and Mayors, 3 year olds And up 5.5 furlongs to distance I think you can can start with The inside and the outside So Flash Flood who comes in from Tampa And has been facing open maiden specials And has two fine Races closing The concern is in both of those starts She didn't really flash a whole lot of speed Now she's going to be cutting back And she's going to be drawing the rail If she doesn't break well Is she going to have to go and take the overland route She does fit really, really well in here. Now, you know, she faced open company just like just off of that alone coming back in against Minnesota uh Minnesota Reds. But she actually ran decent in both in both races. The eleven feels like the one to beat. She just had a brutal trip when we saw her back in September. She wasn't really asked early and then she got forced to the inside. She was like sixth, seventh, maybe six lengths off. She's traveling well. She moves into contention. She's about to angle two off the rail in between. And then that hole just shuts right off. And she just wasn't able to to hit it to get in, in real quick. As and soon and in and, and both sides the horses kind of, you know, kinda of squeezed her out. She takes up, she loses a length, she loses all momentum, she has to angle around four wide, and she still almost wins. She just misses. She's got the layoff to deal with. She's got the outside draw to deal with. She really does seem tough, though. I mean, off of that effort. The the, the first-time starter of the 9, Baby Gordita, seems like she's tipped her hand that she's got a little bit of ability for a barn that isn't, you know... One that wins a ton first time out But they can win first time out With the right type of Philly This might be the right type of Philly Baby Gordita So I have you know 11, 9, and 1 Is my top tier In race number 5 Below them I think you have to take a look At the 3 facing north The problem is is this is a filly who's now been a four-time beaten favorite, and we're talking about one who's burned a lot of money? She's got a couple other races where she was two to one, and then another one where she was seven to two. So she doesn't generally offer you a ton of value. Maybe you get a little bit of value in here, and maybe that's why you make a little more of a case for her in this spot. I'm fine with that. The eight styling and profiling, this is, uh, you know, I guess for the Ric Flair fans, is one that that you just wouldn't. Wouldn't be surprised seeing either. She was your beaten favorite last. We saw her in September, and now she moves into a new barn. She you know has enough early kind of tactical speed to keep involved, and she she looks like a couple others in here, and that wouldn't be a a, a shock with you know some ability to sit close. So I I thought it was eleven nine one, and then after that three and eight, a couple others to use uh, if you're using, you know, a deep group in the exotics in here, but. Maybe a ticket where you where for me. Maybe a ticket where I single the eleven. Maybe another ticket where I go one nine eleven. Then maybe another ticket where I'm I'm using you know the the others that I mentioned one three eight nine eleven. In race number six, this is where I will single on a couple tickets, and I'm going to go to the six. Rays Angel. He comes off of a couple races at Will Rogers, which uh, I like. Now he's going to be making his third start of the year, so. On April the 20th, in his first start of the year He beat a group of 15,000 uh, Non-3 claimers in an open group Nice win Came right back on May the 11th And he was Immediately, he was he was facing First level allowance company and he drew the rail Immediately he's in tight He gets shuffled behind horses He's chasing lone speed He never had a shot The race is actually better than it looks on paper You see that he was 7th and he was well beaten But he was he was better than that that was against you know, an open First level allowance group He lost to a horse who is a 5 time winner That's won back to back races And now Ray's Angel comes back to Canterbury Where he likes it He likes it at 5.5 furlongs He makes his 3rd start of the year He's got more Tactical positional speed than he was able to show Last time and now since he's drawn more Towards the outside of this field He will be able to I think with the two weekend Ride in here and with the four little ninja They will likely be flashing Speed and probably softening each other Up and that's going to set up for Raise Angel to sit right behind That's the six raise angel Going to make a single and one of my Better plays in this uh, pick five Sequence a horse who I'll I'll try to build a lot Around um, on you know maybe one ticket where I don't single raise angel the other horses that I will be using the three big Falcon rocket. I think you can just excuse his last effort against open company in the Kip Deville prior to that a couple really nice races um, in spots that would be very comparable to this one. the 5l Tizar probably another one to include. he you know defeated open Maiden special weights in his debut at Churchill and then he hooked stakes company uh, a few times and he you know he's he's one who has plenty of ability the 7 overly lucky what do you do though he has not raced since may of 2019 i guess it's not that bad when you have a lot of horses in here who haven't raced though uh, you know since you know september or october anyway so it's not like he's at a major disadvantage with just a couple extra months off the 9 blue eclipse would be another if you're going a little bit deeper, he comes out of that race behind Always an Open First Level Allowance, and uh, he beat uh, an open group uh, a couple starts back on uh, over at Delta Down So after the six Raise Angel, then to me I would spread out on one more ticket maybe, and use some others like the three, even the four Little Ninja. Who, if anyone is the quickest of the quick in here, it might be Little Ninja. So one ticket might have three, four, five, six, seven, nine in that 6th race the 7th race I'm going to start with the 7 Fayette Warrior who we last saw at Will Rogers in a different barn now coming back into the Villafranco barn but this is a barn that that has previously won with Fayette Warrior so they know this horse he was a runner up on May the 20th he was asked for some speed i think a lot of it had to do with where he was drawn he was drawn in post 10 so he's he's hooked a little wide he's asked for speed he's three deep he's you know three deep of four so he's three deep and in between horses he's getting hooked wide he tried to take back slightly then he moves in between horses he angles out three wide and he just ends up getting run by right at the wire by, uh, by Lucky Lou It looked like he was going to time things perfectly Fayette Warrior And then Lucky Lou ends up coming And gets him uh, right on the money So I think Fayette Warrior stretching back out uh, He should be sitting close But I He's not as quick as a couple of the other horses Right to his inside Like the 5 most amusing Like the 6 Unleash the Beast Probably like the 2 Blue Dancer I think he can sit right behind all of them And maybe a horse like Blue Dancer is just just good and he's in good form right now. He loves to win. He, you know, he's won what three of his last you know, five uh, on the main and this is a trip that he likes. He most recently defeated a horse who came back to win at Will Rogers for 7500 next time out. He checks a lot of boxes. To me, it's the 2 and the 7 as my top tier in race number 7 with Blue Dancer and Fayette Warrior. After them, I thought the three, Twaco Bay. I just wonder if he's going to be fit enough. But this is a barn that's plenty capable. They've been a 14% win barn over the last five years. He looks like he's one that could get a really good trip in here. And then the four, why God? <laughs> this is funny. I just laugh every time. Why God? Why? How many, how many times have one of us said that when we were playing the races, huh? Um, he wouldn't be a shock. Another one who's proven here, who comes back he, he needs a little bit of help Up front though, as far as the pace Is concerned, so my that was my worry About him, is that Maybe he comes on the scene a little bit too late And a horse like Fayette Warrior Could get the jump on him Yeah, Valentine Guy from the inside I think who's, who's going to be in tough with the draw Because he, he might get caught kind of in between With his running style Blue Dancer's probably the one to beat And he should be close, maybe sitting just off He can sit and uh you know you start eliminating horses i like the fact that fayette warrior has some recent races under his belt proven at the distance stretches back out the 7 is going to be the top selection we'll use the 2 and all of the exotics along with the 7 and then maybe on some deeper tickets we will include the 3 and the 4 so the close out leg of that pick 5 at canterbury is going to be race number 8 and there will well, there'll be three horses that i include it, trying to close things out And I'll probably use these three on all the tickets The the three is the first one And that's Haley's Heist Now She was right with the leaders On May the 18th When she, she, she last raced And that was at Will Rogers She has a little more speed Than it seems like And I think it's just going to be the kind of speed That helps put her in a good spot I don't think she's going to be right on the lead There's a couple others that are like quicker in, in here than her, but she doesn't have to be as far back as it kind of looks like she she is in a lot of her races. Um, she settled inside, you know, she she broke right with the leaders. but l- l- honestly, seven others went for the lead legitimately. Seven other horses were right in the group Battling it out, so she ends up settling inside She's in a tight spot, she has to take up She loses a ton of ground She angles around, she comes on again It's a much better than looks Fourth place finish there For the three, Haley's Heist Make sure to include her If, you, if you're if you closing this pick five I want to make sure you have her on your tickets In this uh, close out leg the, To me the two horses to beat though um, As far as I maybe maybe the, mo- the most likely winners of the race are uh, are the two outside horses, the eight and the nine. Greatest Gal hasn't raced since September seventh, but the conditions of this race—I mean, this race is basically written for her. Everyone else in here has just one victory; they would, you know, qualify under the non-winners of two, and she's the only one who's actually a multiple winner, and she's in this race because she's a Minnesota bred. She hasn't raced since September, but she She feels like she should get A nice trip Because the way I'm seeing this race Unfold on paper It looks like the 5 Sweet Sassafrasi, who comes in from Los Alamitos and was at Santa Anita prior to that Really quick I don't know if she wants to go 6 furlongs, if this were 5 Even 5.5 I would give her a little bit more of a shot Because right next door Vegan goes best, who is not Her best at 6 furlongs Who has a ton of speed She's going to be right there And I think the 2 of those horses are going to do each other in The 4 vegan goes best And the 5 sweet sassafrasi So to me, the 8 Even though she's coming off the bench She should get a nice little trip in here With some pace to run at The 9 fairly honest Should be tough Dropping in from the uh, 10,000 non-winners of 2 She moved into contention She was right up into 3rd uh, with within two lengths in the stretch and then she ends up tiring a little bit late and uh, and finishing fourth that was at Oaklawn. she was running at Churchill in Oakland prior to that I mean she's coming out of much better races and like the open non-two uh open 10 non-twos and you have a lot of horses here who have been running in, in spots that just uh, you know aren't as tough as the ones that a uh, fairly honest is coming out of so for me it's it's just three eight nine. To close things out um, it, it, I can understand if you want to use The 5 And now keep in, in mind If the 4 or the 5 Were to scratch The other one would probably be a major upgrade I just don't think Either one of them really wants to go 6 furlongs I think where they were able to succeed A horse like Sweet Sassafrasi is you know, Just gun it and go 4.5 at Los Al And And where a horse like Vegan Goes Best was able to succeed You know, just being able to Be in a situation where She was the lone speed, you know Where she was able to gun it at Turfway on a synthetic track and just Go gate to wire, and that probably is not Going to be the case in here unless one of the two Of them breaks slowly or they decide to take Off the pace, and it just doesn't seem like Any, either one of them will want to You know, sit and pass horses, so I think the two of them will Set the race up for others in here And those are the three, eight, and the nine so, here are some approaches that I have uh, on the tickets, right? So, um, I think I'll play one ticket where uh, I'll go something like the 134568 with 1911 with the six, with the 2347, with the 389, something like that. Um, you know, depending on uh, how big you want to go or you want to go bigger, I will play another one that would be something like a all with 138911. With the six, with the two seven, with the three eight nine. I might play another ticket where I end up singling that 11 horse in the second leg. It would be something like one three four six with 11, with the three four five six seven nine, with the two three four seven, with the three eight nine. A um, couple different approaches there. And then maybe even one where I single the two of them. You play like all with 11, with six, with two three four seven, with three eight nine. And just make sure to use all the horses in the races uh, around those two singles that you like. So, uh, really excited about this 10% takeout. Pick five at Canterbury. Horses to make sure to include in the fourth race, the Four Dads a Gambler. In the sixth race, the Six Rays Angel. In the seventh, the seven Fayette Warrior. And in the eighth race, the three Haley's Heist. Good luck on Wednesday over at Canterbury. We're going to get to Thursday from Churchill Downs in just one moment. Don't go anywhere. Just wanted to remind you About one of the sponsors Of That's What G Said Podcast Sarah Candle Company Visit SarahCandles.com C-E-R-A-Candles.com Use the promo code G-I-N-O For 10% off of your entire purchase These are all natural Soy wax candles They burn longer They are better for you Than the candles out there That have that traditional Paraffin wax I know the people From this company personally I've grown up with them My whole life They love candles And the goal was to, To have an affordable candle That everyone can Enjoy Use that promo code G-I-N-O My favorite is Fresh Roses The Fresh Roses scent is awesome If you're a horse racing fan They got Del Mar in there You ever want to know what Del Mar smells like But you couldn't make it out there Order your candle right now From Sarah Candle Company The website C-E-R-A Candles.com SarahCandles.com Promo code G-I-N-O For 10% off your purchase Get your past performances out for June the 11th Churchill Downs for Thursday Let's go through the Thursday card With some of the the plays that we have In race number 1 The number 7 Quest for Fire I think they gotta send hard in here Drawn on the outside This is a Gelding who completely missed the break And never got into it in in his most recent start He is a lot faster than that He has legitimate sprint speed He might be the fastest in here He's drawn well though so he can sit off if he has to I just hope they send He's going to go second off the short break He should be ready for a big effort That's the number 7 Quest for Fire If we can get around 5-1 to or so We'll make a win wager on Quest for Fire In that opener on Thursday at Churchill Let's go to race number three. I think a horse that you might be able to single in, in uh, some of maybe your early exotics, or um, definitely a horse to make a win wager on if we can get anything over like five to two. That's number six, Addison. She she hopped at the start, you know, from the rail, and the horse next to her went down and like stumbled onto her, went down to her nose, and then lost the jock. When that happens. The horse, the horses around you Are always a little slow And that's what happened with Addison Being right next to a horse who went down lost a jockey It impacted Addison a little bit Who just took a bit to get going um, She ends up inside She's about three lengths off She's tucked in She wants to go And she ends up moving right up onto the heels She just has nowhere to go She's waiting for room She gets going She angles around four wide She's a strong second She was a really clear solid second that day and she should get a great trip in here I think she might have the opportunity To get first jump on a horse like Lemon Chill Who's going to be coming from way out of it The 2 Elusive Ride probably coming from way out of it The 3 Sweet Carolina looks like the pace I think she will take them as far as she can go And you know, maybe C.S. Mardi and Addison sitting right behind Could be a, a really good spot for Addison here in race number 3 at Churchill Downs Could be an early exotic single And maybe a horse to make a wager on If we can get over 5-2 to two. In the 5th race at Churchill That'll be the next play And I'm going to go to the number 7 Hard Bell Who I think is going to be able to To stalk a lot better In this spot She had a good start from the outside When we saw her on May the 24th But then 4 other horses lined up Inside of her all wanting to go for the lead She tried to take back and come on again But she just couldn't do that It's not always the easiest move to make That was against 40,000 claimers She's going to drop in against 25 claimers You're going to get the drop You're going to get the slight cutback The last time we saw her in this low on dirt Against 25 claimers, she won She should you know, be in a really nice spot here That's the number 7 Hard Bell, slight cutback even Gives her a little more fitness I think Hard Bell sits a great trip From the outside here, the seven in race number five. We'll make a win wager if we can get anything around oh, you know, seven to two feels about right. In race number six at Churchill Downs. I really like the two. Please call me back. I think if we can get around three to one, that's a a really fair price on him. He he comes out of one of the better sixth place finishes I, I can remember seeing. He's a multiple stakes placed horse And he's lost twice To the very very nice Decorated invader Look who he beat in his career debut He beat Tappet to win Who's going to be headed to the Belmont now And now please call me back Comes into a new barn With a, a jockey who likes to save ground A lot here at Churchill With uh, Lannery jumping aboard You have uh, a the Eddie Keneally barn Who's excellent with their new acquisitions and if you're just looking at his last effort He got hooked 6 wide He was in between horses He was bumped around He was steadied going into the turn And then he got caught 3-4 wide He was back to last at one point He has a brutal trip Then he makes a 5 wide move at the top of the lane He really wanted to keep trying in that spot Much, much different coming in here Saving ground I think this is a great spot for Please Call Me Back The number 2 Please Call Me Back Um, Fancy Liquor obviously has Some speed in here but One or two others push the pace Please Call Me Back sits a little close I think Please Call Me Back Saves the ground and comes running Make sure to use this one in your exotics And make a win wager if you can get 3 to 1 In race number 7 I like the number 9 And Seek Let's talk about his last start On May the 28th It was his first start in a couple months He hadn't raced since February the 6th So we're talking actually almost 4 months And he broke on top He was a length off And he looms up He moves to the lead Then he's immediately tackled He tries to battle on from the inside He really tried hard Um, He ends up finishing 3rd That was his first start since February the 6th and he was his first time at this level The 50,000 non-two It feels like this is where he belongs It seems like he found his home This is a good spot for him to try to get a victory He wheels back quickly He cuts back To seven furlongs He, I think it's going to be perfect With his running style He should be sitting great And You'd imagine that Joe Talamo and Dale Romans Are going to start to warm up a little bit They've had a horrible start I mean how about Joe His 1 for 73 With 7 seconds and 10 thirds After that awesome start he had When he went out to Oaklawn. He's really been struggling And Dale Romans too uh, Struggling so far early on at the Churchill meet So you'd have to imagine That they're going to get themselves Into the winner's circle again real soon And it might be with and seek Here in race number 7 If we can get 7 to 2 That'll be good for a play on and Seek. Race number eight, I think, is kind of a captain obvious race for me, at least. The two that I, I imagine to be really tough in here are Aurelia Garland, who feels like she's going to take a good step forward with the blinkers off. She needed that last race. She ran really well in that spot, and she was behind four graces, who came back to win impressively. And then Seattle Slang, the six, who had some trouble. She was a step slow. She settles inside. She's ninth, you know, 10th, she's about nine lengths off. she's waiting behind horses on the inside. then she tries to move into a tight spot. she checks hard, she loses her momentum, she loses a couple lengths. she ends up coming on again and uh, she angles like six seven wide and in between horses at the top of the lane. it was a a good third even with all that trouble. I just I don't know if she's gonna be quite as good and, uh, and able to keep up with a uh, really a garland who might be able to have a little tactical advantage. On Seattle slang To me those do look like the two horses though Just the uh, the two that will probably take the bulk of the money In race number 8, the 1 and the 6 In race number 9 To close things out at Churchill Let's go to the 5, Rearrange Who is now going to be making her third start Of the year off the very long layoff Any small step forward Wins this race She was squeezed back early She was about 10 lengths off She was last on the inside She makes a huge wide early move, three to four wide, all the way up to second to get within a length before she finally, uh, you know, she tires and she holds on pretty well. She's only beaten, you know, three and a half lengths after a huge wide move. With just a better timed ride, she's going to be right there. That's the five rearrange. Make sure to use her in all of your exotics. Make a win wager if you can get like seven to two on rearrange. So that's Churchill for. Thursday, we're now going to get into Belmont for Thursday Get your past performances out for Thursday June the 11th, Belmont And we talk about Belmont with Barry Spears, we go race by race With Barry Spears, we talk about Our uh, our selection, some of the horses To use, some to play uh, against Kick back and enjoy This Belmont Thursday conversation With Barry Spears Very excited for a couple of first time interviews on this episode of That's What G Said Uh, a few minutes ago It was Ryan Dickey And now we're going to get into some more handicapping Uh, With Ryan we talked about the news But with Barry Spears we're going to talk about Belmont Thursday We're going to try to make all of you some money out there And uh, Barry is someone that you've probably all seen on horse racing Twitter for for years Really sharp handicapper And someone that I've interacted with many times Actually spoke with him on a show that I co-host a few weeks ago on the Mike Abadir show And I said man we gotta get you on uh, on That's what G said sometime soon So this felt like a great time to talk some uh, Middle of the week racing We're gonna talk some Belmont Thursday But we're also gonna welcome Barry in and, and hear a little bit about his backstory Barry Spears thank you for joining us buddy Hey
3: Gino how's it going Thank you for having me on
0: Really, really happy uh, that you were able to uh, to carve out a few minutes for us. Um, and uh, let's let's get into a little background before we start uh, with the, the Thursday handicapping at Belmont. So, my question for you know everyone in in racing generally is, how do you get into horse racing? Horse racing is not you know just like a, a lot of the other sports that you kind of just flip on see or you maybe you're playing with your buddies when you're little. It, it, there's there's usually a, a story behind it or some way that you get into it.
3: Yeah. Um... Well, basically, I, I got into the game uh, through my father and grandfather, more my grandfather. Um, they used to live in uh, Brooklyn, and we used to travel out to Belmont and Aqueduct, um, just to see the races, and that's how I was introduced uh, initially. Then, uh, you know, as I got a little older, we ended up going up to Saratoga. I took a, a, a seminar with my dad when I was eight on how to read the racing form, and, and I haven't looked back since.
0: It's it's so fun. I'm, I mean, I love baseball, basketball, football, soccer. Re- I mean, not wrestling. I li- love all sports, but like, there's just nothing like handicapping a card or a race, or like you know, getting there, breaking it down, watching the races, like going through all of it. It's just like a puzzle that that's different, and some people really, really catch on. And you've you've you know gotten into doing some work. Uh, you've gotten involved in the contests and stuff now too. You've also done some work for blogging and writing for different places. So. You've worn a couple, you know, diff- and you've had a couple different roles in, uh, in horse racing now.
3: Yeah, uh, it was, it was uh, kind of like a dream come true to, to get involved as much as I, I have been. Um, you know, I, I never thought I, I, I'd be doing something like that because I love the game so much. And for such a long time, uh, it was just really cool to, to be able to meet a lot of people. I met uh, tons of people. Um, created great relationships with a lot of people that are that are industry movers and shakers. So, you know, um, you know, it's just icing on the cake to do things like this, you know, podcasts and, and be able to, to mix it up with the with the best in the industry.
0: And that kind of perfectly leads us into the last couple of weeks um, You've been a busy man, you've been um, a very popular man On on some really good podcasts that I got the opportunity to listen to You spoke with, uh, I think, in Stormcat Studios With Caleb Keller and Caleb Free And then you were talking with uh, Ken Rudolph uh, One of my, the old colleagues of mine from TVG um, On his show, and a lot of it was, was really good stuff Because it's very, very... Um, Topical to everything happening in the world You discussed a lot of horse racing stuff Which, you know, is your hobby and your bread and butter But you talked a lot about race, things going on In the world, kind of race and horse racing Mixing in, I thought um, Some really, really good conversations um, did, How were those You know, podcasts for you And if you if you want to plug them or mention anything from them Feel free
3: Sure, I mean, uh, you know, Ken, Ken is a good friend of mine um, We go way back to uh, a few weeks ago,
2: <laughs> but
3: um, no, really, uh, you know, we've, we've developed a good relationship. We, we talked to each other quite a bit um, and, you know, we just got to talking with all the events that were going on um, that, uh, you know, there, there needed to be some awareness among the, the horse racing community. Um, you know, I've known and, and felt for years that uh, the, the representation of, of the, the African-American community is, is relatively low, despite, yes. uh, you know, a lot of black people uh, putting money through the windows. I, I mean, it, it's not as well known as it should be, um, but it looks like people are taking notice and, and, and becoming aware that we're out there. We love the game just like everybody else. Um, same thing with with uh, you know Caitlin and 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 uh, Caleb. They're they're really great, and 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 it was really even more of a bigger deal for me because they're younger and they're the future of the sport and they're recognizing these things and, and, and addressing them. So, um, you know, shout out to both of them, um, and Ken, of course. So, you know, I think, you know, as a, as a country and, and everything else, we're moving in the right direction. Hopefully we can make those changes and, and, and have it become the norm, not just the exception.
0: A couple really great conversations. I highly recommend if you haven't gotten the chance to listen to those podcasts with Barry. Check them out with uh, with Caleb, one of my good friends, and Caitlin, and then with Ken, another buddy. Um, really, really good stuff. They they will talk you know horse racing in there too, but a lot of the stuff happening in the world. Because I think you know there's a couple things that that just following you in the last few weeks that I've noticed. Um, before we get into uh, to Belmont for Thursday, is that I think the best job that I can do. I'm I'm 33 years old. I am someone who has lived a pretty damn privileged life here in Southern California I've never had to deal with racism I've never really had to deal with um, a lot of the issues that um, plenty of people across the world have had to to deal with It's just been, things have been pretty good, pretty easy for me most of the time It seems to me, I don't like The best thing that I can do is listen And I think that's something that you've pointed out a couple different times too And that's one thing that I think a lot of people out there right now if you don't know what to say Don't don't worry about that Just kind of open your ears and listen to some of your friends Because there's there's changes that need to be made And I think things are going in the right direction right now And just the fact that we're bringing this up And you mentioned it, we're talking about it now And we're talking about how it relates to Even as far as horse racing That's a great conversation to be having
3: Absolutely, you know, you said it best I mean, listening is 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 one of the best things you can do In this kind of situation, because there's a lot of people that don't understand, um, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. There's two Americas here. Um, Mm -hmm. There's one that I live and there's one that you live like you were just Mm -hmm. explaining. You know, it's quite different, um, although we're saying, you know, of of same flesh and blood. It's just a different way. Um, Hopefully we can kind of bridge that gap and make things a little bit similar. And that's what I'm hoping for. I mean, even even amongst the horse racing community, um, you know, it's really a microcosm of of real life.
0: Yeah, society. Um, Yeah, it is the
3: same things that happen uh, within, you know, the real life sector happens in the horse racing community. So, you know, everybody needs a little bit of healing and and some uh, some clarity on on some things. And, And like you said, listening is the best thing right now.
0: So uh there's going to be a lot of people listening to you and I to try to give them some damn winners for Thursday as we uh we shift our focus over to Belmont Park. So before we get into Belmont, where where are some of the like how do you play um like not, that's a a big question. Where are some of the tracks that you play in particular and then what are some of the you know the wagers that you play? Like what are what kind of a gambler are you?
3: Um I I like the majors, you know, uh Florida, Kentucky, New York, California. Mm-hmm. Um I definitely follow those circuits closely, uh, especially Gulfstream. That's probably the, the circuit I know best. Um, I, I do dabble in a little harness, but I'm kind of a, a high ROI, uh, you know, a- aspiring handicapper. I want to get in low and get out high. Yep. I want to I make my bets small and be accurate and pinpoint and then get out with, with a lot of money. That that's the goal so a lot that's- of my tickets, a lot of my tickets end up being you know uh you know like for example, pick four i don't I rarely make any any pick fours that are are more than you know forty dollars
0: and you play that, them a few times true.
3: yeah and and uh you know, I like to pick and choose and and be selective on which ones I play that have high return value so oh. that's that's part of it and then you know as far as uh verticals. I, I like to pick one horse and play a, a couple underneath and exact tries try to hit the the, the exact as cold and stuff like that. So I, I try not to waste any any, any un- bullets necessary yeah. funds. Yeah. On boxing and doing stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's that's what we That's one thing that is key because. I try to say this to folks, and I and, and I'm not, and sometimes I get, it people, it rubs people the wrong way because it feels like you're getting a little preachy. But I I didn't learn the right way to bet immediately, right? I think a lot of us come into horse racing and we learn like, hey, pick the winner of the race, you know, like let's just try to find the winner, and then you start to figure out that, hey, well, if you're just picking the winner, the more likely winner that's a short price every time, that's not going to work out for you. Now it's then it becomes, hey, we got to find. The Best value price horse in every Single race has got a shot and I Think that's a group that's a Great point that you mentioned also The way you structure your tickets People get a little too defensive oh I Don't really love this horse but he's Six to five so I'm gonna throw him In you know that's the thing that People get caught up in doing too Much and and we we as much as Handicapping is a part of this the Gambling and how we structure our Tickets and how we play it is way More important
3: absolutely I I mean if I like If I was to give somebody some advice on how to improve their their betting and handicapping, I guess, I would say there's three things. One, be confident in your picks and and your selections and your choices. Secondly, I would say don't be afraid to lose um, because I I think people are afraid to lose and they get in the panic and they start adding horses. Scared money. And doing all kinds of things and betting against themselves. And and it's it's just not productive. And the third thing, you know, is uh, I just lost my train of thought. Well, but those are two good things. Yeah,
0: no, it, <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's like you said, we just have to be really, really cognizant of the way we're betting. Like, if you like a five to one shot or an eight to one shot or a ten to one shot, and you use four other horses in the race, like you you've just destroyed your value you right. got to capitalize on that maybe single that horse you spread around it if that's the way you're going to play it like you make sure if i think there's too many days when people love a horse that horse wins and you don't make money you have to find a way to do that in racing yeah
3: i mean that that's the name of the game i mean oh th- this was the third thing is to uh remember that this is a betting game not so much a handicapping game great point and people get lost in the shuffle when they, you know, tend to, uh, you know, handicap too much and don't spend enough time constructing tickets or having a betting strategy. And, and that's, that's really key, uh, at least for me, in, in going forward because, you know, you don't want to waste your time doing something that's not going to make you money.
0: Have a game plan. Whatever you're doing, you have to have a plan going in. If, you're not, if it doesn't hit, that's fine. If it doesn't work, but you have to have an approach. And key in on it. That's a great point that you mentioned. And um, and let's get to a uh, to Belmont Park for Thursday, right. and we'll talk about uh, we'll go through each of the races. We'll spend you know probably a little more time on some than we will on others. If there's a race that we don't love, we can just quickly like mention uh, a horse or two we'll use and then move on. But uh, if you're if you're a pick five player, you're probably starting in that early pick five at Belmont in race number one. It's going six furlongs, maiden forties in here. Who are some of the horses you look to?
3: Um, I, I thought the chalk here might be uh, a little bit too tough for these mm-hmm. um and it's a uh, eagles palace number eight um just uh, looking at the his, his past performances he, he's got speed um he's cutting back in distance going turf to dirt um which kind of i i didn't really i'm not enthused at that but he's taking a pretty decent drop yeah uh it's not ideal i don't like these kind of drops necessarily But there's really not much in here. It's true. Um, The other horse that kind of caught my eye was the horse outside of him. um, And it's Warfront Fighter, the nine. Um, Looks kind of interesting. Checked early last time. um, Got in a little trouble. Kind of with his friends here today or on Thursday. Um, So I expect an improved performance, even though the past performances don't look that great. He's four to one on the line. I, I expect you probably will get about that, maybe three to one um so if, if you're inclined to bet against the favorite that's where i would go
0: just a good another point to mention we're recording this on tuesday evening and and it'll be out later tuesday by early wednesday so if it's a little early some things may change obviously between now and then but i always like to put the shows out a little as early as possible and then people get the opportunity to to listen to them and make any adjustments that they might need the only other horse i would mention um it, to maybe use in in your pick fives depending on what your approach is going to be would would be the 2 um, I, I don't. As you said this isn't a great race. You you hit the other two horses. The only other two that I would think of. I would look at the December twelfth race and maybe give him an opportunity coming back to the dirt. That was against maiden specials. He was he really wasn't bad. He kind of moved up and split horses. It was a fine second. Um, but this is just not a strong race. I would. This is not a favorite like Eagles Palace that I would be really trying to to beat. I think you mentioned the other horse Warfront Fighter, especially considering how well uh, Irad Ortiz was riding in the first. You know a week or so at Belmont Park He just was dominating Over there so um, Nothing nothing too outside the box in that opener At Belmont Park as we move to race Number two these are $50,000 Claimers non winners of three lifetime Six and a half furlongs the distance here um, Where do you start
3: I I Really actually like one horse In this race and one horse only and it's uh, I, can't, I, can't, I don't Think I'm gonna butcher this name but Kevra Doshi. Nice,
0: that's the same. We're on to we're on this one together. Top selection. Um, there we go. Yeah,
3: second start. Uh, you know, for a good barn. I mean, he's coming off a layoff, but this is his second start with Chris Engelhart. Um, he won it at this tricky distance before. Yep. Um, back in January at Aqueduct. Uh, you know, I, I just the way this race shapes up. Um, with there's there's enough speed in here where he could possibly get a perfect trip if 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 ridden properly. Um, you know, I'm expecting Junior Alvarado to get him in a good spot and he's going to get first run coming around that that long bending stretch uh, far turn to, to, to really make a run here. I, I think this horse is really nice. Eight to one would be great. Um, I'm guessing he's probably going to get bet down a little
0: bit. Yeah, five would be okay too. You know, I'll I'll take it. And he's he's the type of horse who maybe you build some exotics around. He's got the most recent race too. It you know it's it's back in, in in March, but it's actually the most recent of anyone in the field. And you you hit I think the perfect points. He feels like he's gonna work out a great trip. He has enough speed to put himself in a spot, but then he can sit and he's proven at the distance. I like him too. I have him on top. I might even be singling him on one of my tickets. I, I generally will play like two tickets um, And maybe like single in a couple different And like one and then single in a different spot maybe on the other Or a couple different tickets where I'll, I'll maybe Single both of them and spread out This will be one of those horses that if he's over Five to one I'm going to bet him to win um, And he might be a horse to build exotics around The um, a couple others obviously, Just to mention for, for some of the folks That are playing and these are the kind of Obvious horses in here the four who's in Charge um, ran well last time Out for the new connections and I mean He could be tough right back and then Blacktop legend was a horse who I thought might be able to To sit a trip he faced a First-level allowance company and found them a little Bit too tough but we're on the same one Here Barry uh, yeah, early on
3: with hey, That's a good omen I, I like it you know another one that, that Actually caught my eye was the eight um, That one may May be able to get a decent trip uh, Off the claim um, Yep. But cutting back but I, to
0: kind of sitting. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I
3: like the cutback. That that's really key to Especially me at, at that tricky
0: six and a half seven. Like when they cut back from like a mile, mile and a sixteenth to six and a half seven, you know, and they have they've shown a little bit of that tactical speed, you feel like they're gonna just work out a great trip. Exactly. And that is uh the horse uh the 8 in race number 2 that we were just talking about So a uh, race where we both land on the same horse And if we could get this one home early on It'd be nice because uh, We'll probably have a few bucks on them on the win end And, and in some of the other uh, exotics and, and would be uh, um, very well Well uh, covered in, in some of the other races As we move to race number 3 25 non-twos in here um, There's a horse toward the outside The, the 7 who kind of uh, fits what we were just talking about with a horse who Has a little bit of that tactical speed Can cut back from a mile to 6.5 in here He's a horse who's won at 7 um, He's tried 6.5 a, a few times But a couple of them were were early on Last year where he, he's better now He's just a better horse now He's figured things out a little bit He's one of the horses who I'll be using in some of my exotics That's a 7, Dr. DeVera's way Who are uh, some of the horses you look to in this race
3: Man, we 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 must be on the psychic friends now. Yeah, there we go. I like that horse as well. Nice, um, great. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in total agreement with you. I I think, like you said, the the little layoff here probably did him a lot of good. He's been steadily working. I, I think this horse is going to be ready to roll. I don't know who the trainer is, um, but you know. Those are the ones that, that usually bring in
0: prices. Yeah, when super they capable in. barn. They can win with the right horse, too. Right. And, and, um, and just kind of an, one of those where if this horse was in a different barn, you, we'd probably get half the price we're going to get. So it, it might just be a positive for us even.
3: Yeah. And then uh, the other horse that, that kind of caught my eye, you know, in case something weird happens, is, is Luxury sweet. Yes, I agree. Um, I, I just thought that horse is just going to, you know, under normal circumstances, going to have too much to do. Um, just a, a dead closer, um, you know, and this this race does have a little potential, a little bit of chaos where that horse can just, you know, it falls apart out front and he, he picks him up um, and future book definitely, you know, is I think the race kind of goes through that horse, but definitely vulnerable.
0: Yep, he's got to go from the inside so that it forces him a little bit. And as you said, he maybe a future book, and then you could see, you could even see Caden's Courage, Dangerous Edge, Ventus. These horses could all get caught up. I'm glad you mentioned Luxury Suite. I'd like him even more at seven, six and a half. I give him a shot, and maybe as a first time gelding, he can be a little more focused now um, on the drop. We we've kind of saw this race very similar too. I had seven. 1a2 as my as my three horses In here to to possibly use um And the, the seven as the top selection Dr. Devera's way In that third so uh seeing the ball Pretty similarly so far in the early part Of that Belmont uh, Card we move to race number four Here I thought this was a fun race to handicap This is a good maiden special weight uh, race With a couple legitimate horses in here You have the uh, the three horses to the outside who all ran pretty well in their most recent start. You have the two who was only beaten a neck last time out and gets a very good speed rider jumping aboard and Kendrick Carmouche, excellent on the on the pace. You have a first time starter for uh Nevin with for JMS, who's bred very well with a strong pedigree, good first out barn, steady pattern. You can make cases for some in here, but cousin Andrew is the heavy favorite on the morning line.
3: Yeah, um deservedly. Um, I think so, too. Yep. I I think that horse is is definitely, uh, you know, once once this horse gets the idea of what's going on, I I think this horse would be pretty nice. Um, However, I don't think Thursday is the day for this one. Seems like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I watched both those races that uh, Cousin Andrew ran and it seemed like he had every opportunity to go by and just didn't. And yeah, that's it's a, not a good sign.
0: <laughs> he had some trouble in like the early part which kind of like I think fogs the the fact that he still had the opportunity to go by. You right. know, like he, he 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 once he got out and angled around, it was almost like in his last race, I don't even want to call it trouble. It was like he ended up kind of getting getting shuffled a little bit and then then it worked out perfect I mean there were right. six horses In the race and if five of them lined up Across the track at the top of the lane He had every t- opportunity to kind of go around And go by and I never felt like he was Going to get by that horse even if they would Have had another furlong or two
3: Yeah I mean that's definitely one way you could see it um, You know I, I Just thought he, he'd probably be A finisher and, and he Didn't mm-hmm. um, uh, You know that, that's just where I, I Disagreed but this this field Kind of lacks a little bit of speed and my selection, the, the horse I like is, is, uh, own it. If you want. Yeah, uh, I can see with, that with, with Kendra Carmouche. I mean, he's, he's getting on board, which, which, you know, takes him up a couple of notches because he's, he's a speed rider, you know, and that's who the guy you want on the lead. Um, I, I don't. I don't see too many horses running with him. I don't either. Maybe the one, uh, but I don't think the one wants that kind of trouble up front no. early, uh, you know, and ruin his whole chance. Um, and Creed, who I think has a future, um, is kind of like the wild card here, coming from Tampa in a in a in a race that wasn't all that great and couldn't get the job done. Now he's going back to you know to probably what is his home uh, home track, and, and could, be, could be one to reckon with here. I don't know what kind of price you're going to get on him, but if he's anywhere near his morning line, he, he, may, be, he may be the one, but I'm going to take a shot with, uh, on it if you want it.
0: Yeah, I think you, you have a really good reason for using him I'll be using him in a lot of my exotics The other horse you mentioned is the the horse who I'll probably build one ticket around Creed um, this, I, I think this is This is going to be a, a spot where he really improves um, He's got a strong pedigree To enjoy a route If you look at a the pedigree He's just going to be better going longer And he had a slow start, he moved in between horses He made a big rally to split horses And uh, he waited for room He angled around at to the top of the lane And then he got going again late He Watching him, I, I just felt like going longer is going to be better. I think yes. the two and the eight are horses. If you're uh, if you're trying to beat cousin Andrew, they're very legitimate. Um, I mean, the six Azhar, it was it was okay in his lap. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I don't really have too much against him. Um, I think another one, if you're looking for a price, the first time starter, the four Uncle Moonlight. He looks like he's got a little bit of speed there. You know, in a race that doesn't have speed. And maybe he breaks and is sitting right behind Own It if you want it, or is at least close up in a race that doesn't have a ton of speed. And, you know, he could be interesting with a really strong pedigree, but I don't think it has to be Cousin an Andrew in here. I love the horse that you mentioned is a horse to use in exotics. Creed, for me, I'm going to have slightly on top of the two. I have eight over the two in here. And then be- I kind of have them on a top tier, and then below them, the other three that I mentioned, you know, depending on how you're going to play your tickets with the, uh, the maybe the four, six, and seven. I'm just. It's, it's Creed and it's own it if you want it, I think, in a lot of spots for me.
3: Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I do agree with you with uh, Uncle Moonlight, the four. Um, you know, another one that, that that could be any kind. I'm, I'm not so keen on playing horses uh, first time out going a route. Uh, I agree. On the, it's tough. On the
0: dirt, it's tough to do. Yeah.
3: But, but, you know, I see the Bullets, uh, one back on May 19th, one on May 30th. Um, it's just an interesting spot for that horse to show up. Um, so that you know that one you're probably going to get your price if you like that horse
0: Yeah and maybe more of a horse to keep an eye on down the line Maybe you use him underneath in a couple spots if you're playing you know Exactus Tri Supers something like that But I do think he, he's got a good future and that's uh, we'll, uh, Uncle Moonlight in race number four We move to the fifth race and we're going to see a horse in here who is has graded stakes placed And after her debut win she won by 12 at Gulfstream she was the heavy favorite in the Devona Dale She lost to a nice horse in tonalist shape there And then she ran into the buzzsaw Known as uh, Swiss Skydiver In her last start And Swiss Skydiver has won three races in a row So I think from a, how you approach this race I think you kind of have to start with Spice is nice and say Are we using her or are we playing against her She's going to be a heavy favorite in this spot Yeah,
3: I, I mean the, Obviously the race goes through that horse um, if, if she shows up Uh, you know, if you, if you take out that, that last, uh, uh, Gulfstream Park Oaks race, I mean, she's, she's top notch here. Um, I I can definitely see somebody being skeptical and saying that she, she may not show up. Um, it's certainly possible, but I'm not, I'm not going to play with any fire here. I I, I think she's the horse to beat. She's in all these and, and, and should thump this field.
0: I agree. I'll probably have two pick fives. one of them, I'll single her, and then maybe the other one. I'll single creed and then and then use a couple others in in case um she were to get beat. But I just she and, and even in her last start, it wasn't as good as the first two. But you know what? She got bumped hard. She was in some traffic. She had to take up and then she lost some ground. She was wide. She's kind of ten lengths. She all over the place, ten lengths off. She was chasing. And she was chasing a a Philly who went gate to wire in really slow fractions. So, I, I expect her to be a lot closer today I think they got to get more aggressive with her Like they were in some of their first couple starts Where where she just got to be closer Get a little more aggressive And just kind of handle her like she's the best horse in this field I wouldn't be shocked if she's really close She's a horse that I, would, I wouldn't I would talk you off singling in a, in a pick five situation And then if you want to play others If you want to try to beat her um, The two, Master of Hope was was pretty impressive First time out and the second, third, and fourth place Horses that she beat or The, the third, fourth, and fifth place horses Have all come back in uh, one out of that race so far So it's been a good race The, um, the six um, I thought maybe has a little bit of speed And could steal the race And the three Alondra Blinkers on, this filly was so good First time out, and she's just never really Been able to kind of put it all together And she's lost a lot of her speed She's a wild card, I, I just I'm not going to get cute, I think you said it the best it, This feels like a, a good spot for Spices. nice to get right Yeah,
3: yeah. it looks like this is the the race Before the real one they want mm-hmm. So, um, yeah The 7 kind of caught my eye a little bit um, Stretching out, you know Definitely it was improved um, But was in that Master of uh, Hope race um, Back in February So, you know, Master of Hope Definitely looks like probably The likely upsetter if there is one
0: yeah, we moved to race number six And I I couldn't really get too outside the box In this field either I thought there were three horses that kind of stood out to me um, The five, six, and eight And they're, you know, probably three horses That are going to take a lot of the money in here In particular, uh, Merlin's, Muse. They're just, there are a lot of horses That don't have very much proven turf form And, it, and they're real major question marks In that sense um, Is this a race where you could find someone? Or, or was, yeah, how did you feel?
3: Yeah, I, I, I... I don't like Merlin's muse at all.
0: Good, good. Um, I, 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 I
3: think that horse is, is just, you know, uh, what we say down here is a, is a pack animal. Sure. It doesn't want to pass anybody. Plot, like
0: a plotter. Yeah. Right.
3: Yep. You know, it just doesn't want to pass. And uh, I just think that that horde, horse at six to five is 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 a is a not yeah bad favorite that I would never bet. He could definitely win. Um, you know, she could definitely win easily. But I just wouldn't want to bet a horse like that. Yeah, not that price and not that kind of horse anyway. Um, I did like Wings of Fury a lot here. Um, I I think that horse is is just a speedball. And the way, you know, the cutback and distance is something I I really like. Um, And I think the time off may have done her good. Um, So I'm, I'm expecting Dylan Davis to be real aggressive, get her up front and, and see what he can do. And there's another horse. Uh, I think it was the four Tapan and Z. Um, and I, and I I'm kind of thinking that wings of fury doesn't need the lead. I mean, she so can sit a little, little cutting
0: of, back from the mile. Yeah, I think you're right. Right.
3: And then that, that race at fairgrounds the last time, uh, she was pretty wide, um, all the way around and, and didn't get an ideal trip. Uh, I think she's going to fire here.
0: Yeah, Tappan Z quick Yeah, maybe a horse who can kind of get in front And maybe they run one, two, you know, all the way around Or Wings of Fury, as you, you mentioned, Wings of Fury Just kind of sits in a perfect spot behind I I would, that would be the horse For me, because I I, I agree with you in, in all the sense with Merlin's Muse Like I have those five, six, and eight As, the, as I had the three horses And so from a betting perspective I would never be Playing Merlin's Muse, this like I don't like singling chalky horses like that in the pick five unless I absolutely love them and have to. Like we kind of felt like in the in the first early pick five, this would not be the case. I would much rather play against with what you said, maybe a single of Wings or Fury, or maybe you use a couple horses in here, um, a Cape Cod Diva as uh, another one who I think could kind of fall into a really really nice spot in here with. Some of those turf races a little bit sneaky So I'm, I'm fine with playing Against Merlin's muse even though she could Absolutely win this race it's just Was she gonna be four to five three to five in here
3: Yeah most yeah. likely I mean They're gonna they, I mean New York they crush Favorites so mm-hmm. I, I think People are gonna jump on that train um, Hopefully they do yeah I, I mean That's that's what I'm hoping for uh, So you know Anybody else that likes any 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 other horse in this race might get a decent price.
0: Yeah, you might be uh, getting a, a better value on all of them as we move to the the seventh race, which is at start of that late pick four. We have a first level allowance for um, New York breads um, These are three year olds and upwards, and that's some of these horses who you know might be facing some older for the first time. Might not be in the easiest of spots. Um, there's a horse in here who I guess we have to start with from just at least discussing the race standpoint that was a 2 million dollar purchase and that is Chestertown he didn't run well in the Louisiana Derby prior to that he was he was good and he's actually a a 2 million dollar New York bred so now he's going to come back into the New York bred ranks that's um you know where we saw him actually cross the wire first and and break his maiden we yeah you know he's a horse who I I, I don't love but this is a pretty good spot for him against New York Breds.
3: Yeah, you know it's definitely a a, a class drop <laughs> coming from Louisiana Derby yeah. to a, a, a allowance non winner's a one state Breds at, at, at uh, Belmont. But it's just uh, it's it's just odd that horse's career up to this point. Mm-hmm. You know how they started him at six. He didn't have a great trip that day, um, and it was in state bred company. You know, you figure a horse like that—it was, you know, uh, almost even money—would get the job done despite any any, you know, kind of trouble um, in a five-horse race, and and didn't get the job done. He broke his maiden the next time out, uh, a couple uh, like a month later.
0: and he gotten himself into trouble a couple times. Right. He's just yeah, like just I know. Seems
3: to find trouble every yeah. race. And, I don't love him. No, I no, don't love I, him. I, I don't. I mean, you got to use him defensively, I suppose. But the horse that that stuck out to me uh was danny california
0: completely agree we're on the same um, one here too
3: yeah i mean he, he's back with his friends today i, I mean on thursday he, he's going to be back where he fits um his running style is is, is uh is definitely suited for this trip and he's second off the layoff uh for a barn that that is pretty good on that front um the other horse that that kind of caught my attention was uh the two Kid Dior. <laughs> Same one
0: for me. Yeah. Yeah. I,
3: I mean on the stretch out he he could be any kind. I mean he, he's bred to to run all day. Um he, and he's shown a lot of speed which this this field isn't really all that speedy. I mean the one superego has has some speed but I you know disregarding that horse completely it might be a might be a mistake but I, I'm willing to, to gamble and take my chances on that. But Definitely, Kid Dioro um, may be in the right spot at the right time to get first run. I, I just think Dan, Danny California may be a better finisher.
0: Yeah, I, I, those are the the three horses that I have: uh, two, three, and four. And, and depending on how we play and what do we do with Chestertown, but Kid Dioro looks like if anybody's going to be able to steal this race, I think it's Kid Dioro stretching out. Now we take some some note with the fact that this is a horse that's leaving the service barn. But we've seen some of these horses that leave Jason services barn and Navarro's barn actually run fine. So I think we take it in a case to case basis. In this case, this horse could get a pretty easy lead if, if he's sent. I think he's a lot quicker than the horse inside of him. So yeah, I mean he, he he could be tough, but my top selection is Danny California. There's a multiple winner who's been facing open company and facing a lot better. And now you you know you drop you come back and the fact that rosario keeps the faith after they had a slow start last time out he's been aboard and been up for one of the wins i think he knows this guy and he's i just don't see him being that far out of it way at the back of the pack like he was last time out i think he's going to be in a really good spot here so um seems like yeah yeah. full
3: disclosure disclosure, I, i bet danny california uh Back at at Churchill in his last start, and I I thought he just never got himself a chance. Mm-hmm. He, he was kind of bothered. It, it wasn't really a uh it was it was a strange way he started, and and he just gave himself way too much to do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go back with him if he if he doesn't get it done this time, we're we're breaking up. We'll get up,
0: yeah. Well, then we'll be we'll break up with Danny California. No more Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, for us after that one. Um, yeah, it, it's a good spot. So those are the three that I'll be kind of building Some of my exotics around in particular The three Danny California There we move to the Eighth race at Belmont It is a first level allowance Going a mile and a quarter which is interesting About that so that's a distance that I think you get a little separation from Some horses who might really want to go Very long other horses who Might not want to go very long Let's start with value Engineering who's a Chad Brown horse Who has been um, your favorite in all four of his starts he 's only won one of them, so he 's burned money in three of those starts and he hasn 't run bad, but you know you get a lot of horses like this in the Chad Brown barn they get over bet um, Do you stand with him or do you stand against value engineering i
3: don 't particularly like this race, but um, i don 't particularly like value engineering yeah um, just for the reasons that he said you know i mean he, He's he looks great on paper. I mean, these these kind of horses get bet way down. And and I think this one's going to get the same treatment again uh, on Thursday. Um, it, it was it was tough. And, and I think, you know, in a race like this where you don't like the horse that that probably will be, you know, the all out chalk. The horse on the rail, Tankerville, kind of caught my attention, um, you know, probably. Will improve getting Lasix for the first time coming from uh, Tipperary in Ireland. He could be any kind, you know, Um, and out of kitten's joy, those horses run. I mean, eight to one on the line seems like a a little bit high to me um, just because of the competition. And I don't think value engineering is, you know, a lock by any means. And the other horse that kind of caught my attention, too, was uh, Mr. Alec, a little bit of speed. Could go a long way in a race like this if they You know if everybody falls asleep at the wheel Um, Definitely worth a look
0: I much prefer him to value engineering Mr. Alec just I much prefer Him I just think he's got a little more versatility To him you'll probably get a little bit more value In here with him He can sit but you mentioned he has a little bit of Speed if nobody goes Um, uh, So Mr. I'm I'm against Value engineering I'll probably play against him in this Spot and I'll use you know this will be a little Bit of a spread out race where um, I, I give no word I like. I'm a little worried because he's, you know, facing older. He's a three year old, but he ran well. He might get the type of trip there's to just sit in a really good spot and kind of grind uh, around. I think that some tickets you could throw Kumar in, man. Um, he, he looks like he's the one to catch. So maybe uh, we go with Harold and Kumar to White Castle here and, and try <laughs> to blow up the tote board with this one. Uh, smoke him if you got him, and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, the tide of the sea. Who now comes into the Mike Maker barn? He's so good when he takes over um, horses like this going long on the grass. But I, I just felt, yeah, I felt like this was this was maybe one of the races to to spread out against yeah, a vulnerable favorite.
3: Absolutely. And one more thing about Tangerville is is a horse like that in a race like this, if you don't include him in in you know your horizontal wagers, it's like you know you feel bad because you're like, oh, I should have known.
0: And some of these times he'll open up, and like to keep off a he'll open if he opens up live on the board and you don't have him, you know what I mean? You get that pit that right. pit feeling in your stomach, like uh oh, uh oh, this yeah, horse exactly. is live. Yeah, that's why I think he's going to take money. Yep, it's a good spot too for him to take a swing. There's no monsters in this field at all. This looks like a, a group of leg- like allowance type horses that have that are all kind of where they belong. So if he comes and he's got just a little bit more ability, he could absolutely steal this race. That's Tankerville in race number eight. We then move to a uh, stakes race, and this is in the, this new era of uh, of racing where all of these big stakes races got got canceled and rescheduled all over. We get a, a race like this where we've got the the Belmont winner from <coughs> 2019, Sir Winston, running on a Thursday in the flat out here, eighty thousand dollars stakes race. He likes going long. I mean, he we we will all know him from the Belmont. Um, do you start with him in this race? Do you play against him? Because, you know, people know him as the Belmont winner. Maybe he gets over bet. Where do you stand?
3: Yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely the class of the race. He, he's proven his last at, at Aqueduct was very impressive to me. I mean, not that he was beating a whole lot, but th- that's a good comeback race for a horse like this. Um, you know, I'm not too uh, keen on betting closers any at any time. Um in, in any race, but uh, You know, he seems to just outclass This field. He does. Now, if, if I had uh, another horse To go to besides uh, Sir Winston, it would be number six Expert. Another one that has Speed, could go to the lead, may Can sit second, has tactical speed I, I think this horse You know, class wise Isn't the, the same in the same uh, Area code as, as Sir Winston, but race Dynamics, pace could end up falling in his favor And he, he could run well here
0: He got good last year at, at, at you know In the New York tracks too He got really good He, he, he put a, a really nice string of races together um, I, I agree with you I don't think Sir Winston is one of those favorites Worth trying to beat We found a few of them on the card I don't I don't think Sir Winston is one of them He does seem like he's just so much better than this group There's one horse that I've followed for a while That I he's He's got some ability This just might be a tough spot for him And it's more ready he, he's just a real grinder. He can just grind and grind and grind and grind and grind. He's not flashy. He's definitely going to need to step up and improve. But if Sir Winston doesn't run his A game, then the rest of the field kind of looks, the, the rest of the field isn't much. The you know, you same. have, a, yeah, they're <laughs> the, yeah, same. They exactly. the same. Exactly. They look very similar, you know, you have Adventist Who was actually third way back in the Wood Memorial And he has no issue running long But he's kind of more like a measuring stick Type horse in this race I would prefer a horse with some upside So if I'm trying to beat Sir Winston Or not even trying to beat, but maybe Looking for some other horses to include With him in Rolling Exotics Or one or two others in your you know your late pick fours or fives I might throw in Moretti Maybe an expert for uh, for Barry But I think we both agree that um, in, a, in a card where we can, beat, we can try to beat some favorites This isn't one that I would go all in With both hands trying to beat Exactly And let's move to race number 10 To close things out This was one of the races that I didn't have as strong of an opinion um, So I'll, I'll probably end up spreading out A little bit in here um, You know, you just don't have Horses that have Good turf form whatsoever So you're <laughs> taking a lot of shots in here <laughs> With who you're playing
3: well, I'm definitely taking a shot. I, I, I landed on uh, Central Capital, number 10. Nice. Um, I, I trust uh, Leah Giamatti, uh with, with her grass horses. She, she's very good. Um, they tried to get this horse on the grass twice last summer at Saratoga, and it just didn't happen, and the horse mm-hmm. didn't run very well. Um, I, I don't think that's any indication of, of what this horse's true ability could be. Um, the dam has two winners from three starters and, and two turf winners. So there, there's some potential there for, for a horse that could, you know, kind of has some muddied up form um, that could, you know, wake up on the grass. Uh, so at 12 to 1 on the line, you know, this could be the bailout if, 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 if everything else falls apart early in the day. Um, the other horse that kind of caught my attention too was uh, number two, um, Mopoka. Kind of the same similar situation, just kind of had a, a, a run around the track um, out of Uncle Mo, who, you know, all of his horses run pretty good. Um, Carlos Martin, you know, is very good with, with turf horses as well. Um, I think the layoff may have done this horse good, got a, got a little education. Um, so, you know, I, I'm willing to take a shot. I, I think the price at, at six to one on the line is a little bit low. But I think uh, the connections may have Something to do with that but you know Between those two horses this this is where I'm going I, I, don't, I don't like the favorite at all
0: Yeah I, I think Central Capital is one You have to use on all tickets I'm not willing to give up On Mopolka yet quite e- e- um, Either this early on And then yeah I mean I'll be using them With, with maybe just a few others um, I thought Wild North for a, a Barn that we don't know a whole heck of a lot about But this horse ran really Well probably the best or very close to the best grass race Of any horse in this field um, Last time we saw her that was back in you know September of 2019 So a lot of question marks to ask with her And she's drawn towards the outside But there just isn't much in this group You know, I'm glad you you take a big swing with Central Capital because there's plenty of reasons to like. Those are just much better races, and we know that these connections wanted to get this Philly on the grass a couple different times. I think you have to use her. The three is a logical horse that a lot of people would ill include. She she has what is the best grass race um, of anyone in this field, and that was on November the 29th, where she was just defeated by a, a neck. So she's you know probably the one that you have to beat in here. Uh, the five, Dilly Joe is gonna get a little bit of money going long first time out for Linda Rice. I'm sure the seven will take a little bit of money with, with Irat Ortiz jumping aboard and maybe you get a little bit of speed with the eight. But this is I mean, it's you've got a strong opinion, and I think what you're doing is great. Is like if you can key in on that or maybe just use one or two horses in here to close, this is gonna be a race that feels like a race that a lot of people spread out and you kind of wanna try to zig when other people are zagging. Right,
3: and, and that, that's the thing with, with this race, too. My third selection, actually, was number one, Magical Romance. Didn't run that bad on the turf, um, you know, in all his turf tries. Then they, they dropped the horse for 25, uh, which was a little strange, and he didn't run a step. Then stepped him back up in the maiden special weight, and the horse runs. Um, I don't know. It could be any kind, and, and this is the kind of race where a horse like that could
0: win. Sure, from the inside, absolutely. Like, wouldn't have to do much to just kind of get out and and sit in a good spot and maybe just save all the ground. And then, you know, you're expecting horses from the back to come and this horse just kind of flops, you know, like flops right into it, falls right into it. A uh, seven year old mayor who it's this kind of race, she wouldn't be a huge shock, um, which is always a really tough way to end a card. But as gamblers and handicappers, we, I'd rather have it be hard like this than, than easy with chalk right exactly. like, i'd rather have yeah. to take our our chances with the horse horses that we can maybe project and assume will improve than, you know uh this is three to five in here uh, like i prefer this every day of the week
3: yeah yeah i'm not I, i'm i definitely am anti-chalk whenever barry. possible
0: <laughs> you, barry this was awesome man i really appreciate it i'd love uh if we could uh, start to do this a little more often Even we can pick you said Gulfstream stream is one Or you know some of the big days uh, on the weekends We can come in and talk some of the stakes races um, I love you know being able to Go through a full card like this you know Spend a few minutes on each of the races and uh, Really enjoyed the conversation Love the setup and kind of getting introduced To you in the first few minutes of the show And, and uh, give us a little plug For everybody out there listening where can we follow you Online social media and follow along
3: Yeah um, my Twitter account is where you can find me uh most of the time it's at urban handicapper urbn handicapper that's where i'm at um but yeah uh, Gino it's been great um uh, i'm i'm honored that you invited me on and and uh hopefully we, we we connect with some of these winners especially the one in the 10th
0: yeah yeah we we had a couple uh, the, the 10th would be nice for you and you, you know in races 2 and 3 early on we see the Pretty similar, I think. What Cavadarossi, de Doctor devere's Way, and Danny California—any of them would be nice races where we yes, could connect indeed. together and uh and beat some short price horses. So yeah, not a not a bad little Thursday card there at Belmont. Barry, thank you so much, buddy. I hope you have a great week. Um, we'll be talking uh, all Thursday throughout this card, and uh, as you said, let's uh, let's like let's make some money for the folks out there.
3: All right, man. Thank you so much for having me again.
0: That was uh, Barry Spears, you heard all the ways you can follow him online Don't go anywhere folks, we're just going to take a a quick break We're going to hear from one of our sponsors And we'll be right back on That's What G Said And a big thank you to Barry Fun conversation there uh, about Belmont's Thursday card Just a couple of overall thoughts um, I wanted to hit um, Just to kind of recap some of my plays there So in race number one, the two point of humor would be you know the one to include in some of your pick fives. If I can get like four to one, maybe a win wager um, in the second race. Cavadorossi, top selection at five to one. We'll make our value line. Third race, the number seven, Doctor Devarro's Way, four to one. In the fourth, the number eight, Creed, we'll make an exotic single in the top selection. In the seventh, the three, Danny California, and in the ninth, the three, Moretti. So uh, play some early pick fives in the first race. Two eight nine with four five seven with one two seven. Single the eight Creed with two three five six. And then play another one where we single uh with the chalk in race number five. This will be two eight with four five seven with one two seven with all with five. Those are your early pick fives there. And then maybe a uh, late pick four, we'd play uh, three four with two seven eight nine two seven eight ten with three four nine with three five seven eight ten twelve. Maybe something like two three four with two seven eight ten with three four with three five seven eight, ten, 12. just a quick recap of uh, some of those Belmont Thursday plays. Once again, a big thank you to Barry. Let's close things out and uh, recap what happened over on uh, WWE NXT takeover in your house. I thought, uh, I thought it was all in all a good show. I mean, most of the NXT shows are really good as far as uh, the in ring quality, and this one was fun because you got that nostalgia too. I mean, we opened things up with Todd Pettengill He looked good, the old WWF host from you know the middle of the '90s, and he was a, a big fixture in the In Your House era. So it was fun to see him back there for uh, you know the that nostalgic feel. It was the first, you know. It's been 25 years since the first In Your House So very cool I thought the setup was cool And they didn't like shove They didn't, you know, overdo it like WWEF can do sometimes, right? Where they really, you know, get behind a theme or an idea And they just pump it, pump it, pump it, pump it That wasn't the case with the In Your House thing There were just some fun uh, nostalgic moments And we got that, l- that cool uh, house setting Show kicked off with the, the six uh, woman tag It was Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, and uh, Raquel Gonzalez Versus Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Shotzi Blackheart Pretty good quick paced opening uh, tag here uh, The women all pretty much got their spots in For the most part They worked on Shotzi for a while And I believe it was uh, Tegan Knox picking up the victory here So uh, the team of Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Shotzi get the win Um Pretty good match to just kind of open the show up. Then we went to Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. I think this was my favorite match of the night. I mean, this in the main event, the the women's triple threat, I, I liked quite a bit too. But this was excellent. There was one spot that was just brutal where uh, D- uh, Priest was setting up Balor. He was priest was on the ring apron and he was you know he had Balor what he looked like was in the razor edge and he was going to throw him from the ring apron onto the steps that he had set up and uh, Balor was able to kind of duck and it ended up countering the spot And it was really really brutal looking spot that Priest hit and this was the best match that I've, I've ever seen for Priest these guys had really good chemistry so if you go if you haven't watched this show this is a uh, definitely a match to go back and check out I thought it was really really good. And one of my major gripes with NXT right now Is that it's just become a little bit stale Because it feels like we've had some of the, the same people Towards the top of the card for a long time now I think Damian Priest could be a new fun face To mix in with, uh, with some of these other new faces um, We then got to the uh, Johnny Gargano versus Keith Lee match For the NXT North American Championship Fine match Right, no knocks on the match whatsoever. This match actually went twenty minutes. Um, the other uh, Finn Balor uh, Priest match went thirteen oh seven, and the women's tag to start went just under ten minutes at nine fifty. Nothing wrong with this match. It just felt like the dynamic was a little bit when we say bass backwards, right? Ass backwards, where you have Keith Lee, who's the much bigger guy, but he's the babyface. Johnny Gargano, who's much smaller, but he's the heel, and Johnny isn't a heel. He's doing a damn good job trying to to get over as a heel, but he's a babyface. He's a babyface that we love to cheer for. That has been great and been the heart and soul of NXT for a while. But he's done everything you have to do in NXT. It just feels like Johnny. It feels like the Undisputed Era. It feels like Champa. Even Finn Balor. You know they're gonna give you good matches. They're they're They'll do a fine job with whatever you give them, but that's not what NXT was, right? It didn't feel like it was meant for um, for some guys to be forever. It was always kind of supposed to be a stepping stone, moving forward to the you know main roster, Raw and SmackDown. Keith Lee retains here with the power bomb and the big bang catastrophe uh, for the pinfall, twenty minutes and thirty five seconds. Nothing wrong with that match, just kind of weird dynamic there. Then we had the backlot brawl, and I was expecting a little bit more from this. It was really more of just kind of a regular wrestling match that was filmed in this new like cinematic way. Again, nothing bad with this. Our expectations are really high because I loved with uh, what they did uh, with the matches at Mania, with the Undertaker, and then with the the Firefly Funhouse. I liked what they did with Money in the Bank, even though you know some others didn't. This was my least favorite of the, the matches That we've seen taped like this before And I think again This felt like the time for Cole to lose He doesn't end up losing He wins, now Velveteen Dream Can't get a shot against uh, for the title Against Cole Does that mean Velveteen Dream is on his way To the main roster He doesn't really feel like he's got the same kind of buzz That he did 6 months to a year ago But he, he Could be a huge star if treated right up On the main roster I just why do we what more does the Undisputed Era need and Adam Cole need to do here? And maybe he won this match because they're gonna be waiting for Adam Cole to get squashed by this next man, and that's Carrion Cross, who we saw basically squash Tommaso Ciampa in a six minute, like elongated beatdown. Um, they they put this guy over dominant, and they told you he's gonna be uh, Force to be reckoned with. I think you have to do something similar and have him just squash Adam Cole, then send Adam Cole up to the uh, the main roster or the undisputed era up to the main roster, or have Adam Cole take a little time, you know, off because he's felt like he's just kind of been you kind know, of Weasley. And I love Cole; he's got great matches, he's a great performer. But he it, things feel a little stale, and maybe someone like Carryon Carryon Cross coming in the way they've treated him. You could tell they have big plans for him and they think very, very highly of him. The main event was the women's triple threat match. It was Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley versus Eo Shirai. Now, these three are awesome. They're great. I I like EO. I have no problem with EO winning the title in a vacuum. I just don't like this booking. When Charlotte won the women the NXT Women's Championship, it seemed like they were telling a story that was based around Rhea, that Rhea was going to lose to Charlotte and then, you know, get her comeuppance. We would assume, you know, six months or a year down the line, win the title back. In this case, Charlotte beats Rhea. Rhea is then in this triple threat match. She gets pinned. Oh, yes, yeah, she gets pinned while she was in a submission By EO EO now wins And now the story seems like it's sort of EO Moving forward And maybe EO and Rhea But I don't think it, it feels like there's still some closure That Rhea needs to get from Charlotte I don't like the way they told this story I think that the, the better way of telling this story Would have been Having Charlotte win this And lose it or lose the title in one on one situations, Charlotte not getting pinned, I don't think does anything for you here. Maybe it leaves something open down the line, but the point of having Charlotte win the NXT Women's Championship and be the NXT women's champ is to is to give the rub to someone else at the end of it. Is to be able to get some of these women a little more over. And they're great in the ring, but I think being being in programs with Charlotte Helped elevate Io a little bit It just didn't do a whole lot For Rhea because of of how They've handled it It just seems like it, they've, they've shifted From the, the woman that they wanted to focus on Being Rhea to being Io And your new women's champion Io Shirai, this match went 17 minutes And 35 seconds And it was a, a pretty cool finish Where Charlotte had Ripley in the figure 8 Submission and then while it was locked in Eo went up to the top rope and she hit a moonsault and she pinned Rhea and Charlotte. They were stuck in the figure eight. There was nothing Rhea or Charlotte could do. Good finish, great match. I thought it was a good main event. I just thought it was all a little bit weird with how they they've had the last few months. And and I'll give them all the mulligan right now because. Maybe a lot of these plans and booking and things with, you know, everything happening in the pandemic changed. Some of these wrestlers weren't available sometimes to, you know, weekly shows to help build storylines or to get things over. Um, Some people lost some of their momentum, but I I just don't like the way they've handled Rhea. This one bothers me because I think Rhea is someone that could be the next. Face of a women's division, I think EO could be two. It just felt like these were two different stories being told. I didn't. Yeah, I, I just yeah, I'm, I'm conflicted about uh, about the the um the way they got there. But good match from uh, from the women, and we will on the next episode of That's What G Said be previewing WWE Backlash. Going to be coming up this weekend, so we'll preview that show. On the next episode of That's What G Said uh, Along with Alex Regla Joining us to talk NBA And recapping uh, All Elite Wrestling Dynamite show We're going to be talking about WCW Halloween Havoc With Andrew Champagne and Darren Zocali From 1998 We're going to go back uh, to WCW for the first time In one of our old wrestling rewatches We'll have some weekend horse racing From a uh, All over some of the stakes races for the weekend And we're going to talk some Lone Star Racing For Sunday so You get ready for another Packed episode of That's What G Said coming up later in the week Thanks again folks for tuning in Make sure to uh, get on over to Um, YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud Spotify, anywhere you can Subscribe, rate, review for the podcast A big thank you to Ryan Dickey A big thank you to Barry Spears For joining me on this episode Let's close things out with Joey Cleveland singing that That's What G Said theme song